you find yourself with the same incurable curiosity as us, this is a place for you. This is Spiritual Smorgasbord with Cheyenne and Desiree. On this episode, we have my Aquarian soul sister, Kendra, spreading some love and light coaching. I love Kendra Mueller. She is awesome. Oh, God. You guys are going to love her, too. Yes. She talks to us about female empowerment, but more than that, about how sometimes we are not very nice to each other. Mm-mm. And why why we are that way. Because why are we that way, really? Well, Kendra's going to tell us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's going to walk us through. In like five minutes, she's going to tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope this is not five minutes long. No, her episode's actually pretty long, so you have to stick with us. (laughs) Her episode is long, but it's totally worth it. You will learn a bunch. She's going to tell the story of women not being nice to each other. Why is it that way? Mm -hmm. And really just how she decided to become women's empowerment coach versus just walking around and beating up women the rest of our lives. Yeah, continuing that. You know paradigm of being jealous of each other Mm -hmm. and not empowering each other not lifting each other up not supporting and really just identifying the broken divine feminine in all of us that i think we're all coming around to realize no matter how feminine we actually are that we have uh, some inner energy healing right we've had to be so masculine to survive Mm -hmm. that our feminine we just push back Yes. And she really helps us understand that better. And if you've been feeling like you want your feminine to come forward, this is the episode for you to listen to. And it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. We all have our feminine and our male side that we have to bring together. Absolutely. And this is that episode that's going to help you do that. jump in and tell me a little bit about love and light coaching just a little bit of an overview and then yeah let's see where this goes so love and light coaching is my little company um i probably started at full time two years ago then covid hit and put me like it just like came to this like screeching halt for a second but i jumped back in and it's just been sort of the, the whole point of the love and light coaching is to spread obviously light and love, uh-huh. but mostly throughout women because women can be assholes to one another. And why is that? <laughs> Have you got an answer yet? <laughs> yes. It all starts with them. Yeah. Right. You know, I think it, uh, I had a, a summit a couple of years ago and at the summit I said, when you judge another woman, it has zero to do with that other woman. It has oh, everything, everything to do, to do with, with you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so if I can help women heal what's inside of them from whether it was something that happened to them, you know, as a child or something that happened to them last week, right. then that's my mission because when we get along and we support one another, really magic happens. It's like, it's, it is, it's just a truly beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, it's, it really is like, I think maybe we've been pitted against each other or something so that we don't create that magic because it really is. There's nothing stronger than women supporting women. Nothing. They can accomplish anything. Yes. But so many of the women are like, oh, how does she get on that podcast? Oh, how does she live in that house? Oh, how does she have, right? We, we have this like, this innate jealousy thing instead of this beautiful admiration Absolutely, thing. Absolutely, because somehow her 
having that rather than me makes me less when it which isn't true not even a little there's bit. enough for all of us yes. or because mm -hmm. she got it it's because she's pretty or she did some weird mm -hmm. sex act to get it a hundred percent yeah i'm just like <laughs> what i mean i'm not against weird sex acts i don't want to i just that. don't need a promotion afterwards <laughs> right. like i'm good i'm a hard worker but sadly that stigma is out there it's, it's the truth sometimes mm -hmm. you yeah. know yeah. there's a name popping up in my head right now that i know of and i'm like oh i'm not spilling that tea <laughs> but we all know it's there um but why we're kind of on that subject i do want to bring this up that i feel like it's happened to your whole life where people assume you're a hot girl that's not nice because you, know? you can't tell this from listening but kendra's a hot girl she's like hot girl summer hot no i'm not okay you have to take the compliments if we're gonna lift each other up okay you're so misrepresenting me here. Not true. But I'm just saying, like, with with your confidence, I'm not saying, like, be vain with me for a minute, but if I met you in an insecure format and you, mm. you had the husband, you had the dog, you had the house, you had the kids, you had the career, you have the right outfit on. <laughs> if my low-energy self if met you. If my low-energy self <laughs> met you, I would be like, oh, I just can't even talk to her. <laughs> But you then know? when you do, like you meet this really, I'm a really cool down to earth Absolutely. chick. I really mm -hmm. am. And I feel like soul sister vibes from you. Oh, That's how see, I feel. Thank you. I'm like, yes. you're not intimidating. You're not like, oh, I don't want to say like overworked or overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even when you were planning your women's retreat and I was like, where do I set up my table? You're like, I got you, <laughs> you know? So like, even when you're running around with a chicken with your head cut off, I, you didn't hair flip once, <sighs> you know? I don't even know how to hair flip. I mean, unless yeah. I'm making fun of like my daughter yes. who's 12 who hair flips. Yes. But, um, that makes me happy because you get the stigma just by looking the way that you look, mm -hmm. no matter how you look, right? right? Everyone wants to put you in a fucking box. Absolutely. And I have refused my entire life to go in a box. Mm -hmm. Like, literally my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. I never yes. wanted to be... Put this one on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> Do not put me in a box. Don't, yeah, it's kind of like that. Don't put baby in, in a, a corner. corner. <laughs> Don't put me Don't in Don't label me. Because now I got to get ferocious. Right? right? I'm yeah, like, now oh, I have oh, to oh, prove. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and if I didn't have to prove, how much But it's could kind I do? of in yeah. a rebellious yeah. way, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let me show you. Right? Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me. Let me pull up my sleep. Pack yes. your lunch. Right. I know. My I grandpa know. said that to me my whole life. So thank you so much for saying <laughs> pack a lunch. Pack. That's like, that'll be on like our family tombstones. <laughs> like, here we lie, Harper family, pack a lunch. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's super yep. great. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how it all came to be. Okay, so you, you I think we all used to be corporate at one point, and mm -hmm. I don't want to bash corporate mm -hmm. super hard, because that's like saying, never mind, I'm not even going to go with that analogy. It's not corporate that we all hated. It was the overwork being drained in, like, nobody, nobody being any form of family ever. Is that, yeah. is that kind of what you got in your industry? I did have a family in my corporate industry, but I do know in like, I guess like an office setting area is kind of what I'm getting. Um, I just feel like a lot of detached people work together and it's not. We're all trying to prove that we're the best one there. Yeah. When, and we're not being authentic. Yes. That's the perfect way to say that. Yeah. Yes. And when you're mm -hmm. not being authentic, like, because I feel like 
Well, I don't feel like I know I, I've watched and I've studied and it's my background. Like women abandon themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we abandon ourselves, yeah, it's, it's way worse than not being authentic. So when mm -hmm. we abandon ourselves, we can't be authentic. Right. How do you even recognize you abandon yourself because you just put a cape on yeah. and you're like, I'm a hero now. Right. Yay. I'm take care. Right. I right. take care of everybody. I can work full time. I can do my yep. family. Mm -hmm. I can, you yep. know. But you know where I say that happens, where, where that comes from is shame. Right. No. I can do all yes. things. I can do all things. Well, right? because if I met you and I wasn't doing all those things, but you were doing all of those mm -hmm. things, woman to woman, I'm like, oh my God, she's even a better woman. She's a better career woman. She's a better mother than me. Right. She, she grooms her dogs more than me. I you know, know. It's, it's, just that it's so petty it's that you so pick shitty. on yourself that much. Yes. And that you also, on the flip side of that, like, why are we in a, why are we in a phase in life? And it's not a phase because it's been this way since the beginning of, of, of probably women coming into their own and, and wanting to take on careers is probably mm -hmm. where it started. But the greatest compliment you can give another woman is, oh, my God, you do it all. Right. I don't Why ever, is that a compliment? I don't, don't want to hear that. No, I don't want to do it all. I want I want <laughs> yeah. to do what's true and what's beautiful and what's mm -hmm. what's what's empowering and what what I can pass on and how I can mm -hmm. impact others. I don't want to do it all. Like, I why want do we community. Do that? Mm -hmm. I want understanding. Yeah. I want connection. Mm -hmm. I don't want competition. Fantastic. I know that I have a next level personality, but I'm not trying to outshine you. I just found a relatable story in my head to tell you. Right. right. And it, the me too thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a positive me too movement. Right. Let's mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> yes. 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 So yeah, it, it's hard for you to be hot in a world full of insecure people. <laughs> I'm sorry. But even the hottest of hot, time. even the Julia Roberts, even the, I mean, who's another celebrity out there that's just gorgeous? I mean, let's just say Megan Fox. I'm really digging her right now. Yeah. And you know, she came out a number of years ago about talking about her insecurities. I mean, we all have that like in our brain that says... Nope, she's better. You're, and, yeah, you're not good enough. And you're not good enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then now she's on Jimmy Kimmel talking about meditation chakras. And Shut I'm like, up. you're my, you're mm -hmm. my sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, okay. So let's see. Did you leave corporate and think that you were going to go get a psychology degree? Is that the next step? So what I wanted to do was go back and get my psychology degree while I was in corporate. Okay. Because I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And then when I got into that world, I was like, ugh. It's so depressing. Super heavy. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's when I hooked up with, I didn't hook up. <laughs> Talk me that's about when lives. that's when a god thing happened and i was um intervened by who my life coach still is today and she took me on the life coaching path so it sort of like took a little yeah a little turn and and this path has been incredibly rewarding very fulfilling um I'm on, you know, I'm on the other side of the business now. So it's, and what I mean by that is I'm, I'm finally in the black, right? When you launch mm -hmm. your business. So I literally took a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. I, I, I went home and I talked to my husband and, and he kept wanting me to do it, you know, do it, do it, do it, just do it full time. And you're like, what if I fail? Freaking fear. Yes. yes. What that if I freaking fail? Fear. Oh my yeah. gosh. I what mean, if people, what if people find out? We were just talking yes. about this. I said, what just my memory is like just filling out LLC paperwork. Oh, remember that? Yeah. I'm like, can I do this? I literally just have to pay the state of Kansas like 150 bucks, fill out all this paperwork. I really don't understand. And then I have a business and it's up to me to grow it. 
can I do this? And that fear just eats and eats and eats Mm -hmm. at you. And Mm -hmm. you're finally like, I'm just going to do it. Well, what if people ask about me and I didn't feel like doing it this week? So then I realized I had been living the wrong terminology of success my whole life. And I have also been told the wrong terminology of success. People that were teaching me success were like, you live the American dream, you get the job, you have the money, you wear the nice things. This is success. Right. And then when I had my own little company that I still have, I was like, my success is my happiness. My success is that I took this step. I set up that festival. I went to that festival. I I put myself out there and I did it. And I didn't listen to the fear. Yeah. So that was my success. Am yep. I a million dollar company? No. And I don't want to be a million dollar company <laughs> as mean, just I one I person. I do it on the record. As <laughs> just one person. Let it be said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys have tie dyed 50 different things in one day, but I do, I, do not, I do not want to be a million dollar tie dye person myself. Mm-hmm. I have often thought about hiring other people on and just doing a bunch of different yeah. designs and making a collaborative project. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would like to do is I would like to branch the company out to where, um, you basically vend under my name and my license. And then hey, you yeah. take a certain percentage of the profit. We split the fees evenly. It's all of like that stuff. Oh, Yep. But I want more employees. You Absolutely. cut me off when I said, I want to be, I don't want to be a million dollar company by myself because yeah. it's me sitting in my house, staring at the ceiling. And I probably look like the Mad Hatter after about 30 right. designs. Right. I, I'd be interested to know how many million dollar companies are out there by themselves. So mm. one popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when shapewear hit the market for us? Like really like the first slim shapewear one that everyone gets. Yeah. That's Are the, you talking that's about the like the girdles? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a specific company shoe. that blew, blew oh, up the oh, whole shapewear um, image. What was that called? Right. The, um, right. They sell it at like Kaylee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And 100%. I hate that we can't reference it. Right. This woman like cut pantyhose and a she bunch did. of different stuff up, pieced it together and eventually ran this company out of maybe her apartment. And I, the photos showing in my head right now of like thousands of manila envelopes on her living room floor. She did everything. Did it blow up overnight? I don't know. It was, it was overnight ish. I think mm-hmm. is kind of what I feel. Like she got slammed it, with it, it so probably many. Didn't feel that way to her though. I, I don't know. We'll just we need to reach out to I, her. I, I, yeah, we I gotta talk figure to it out because I think back at where I started and where I am now, and holy cow, right? Mm-hmm. So when I left my corporate world, I was making six figures. And right, what what, what caused you to feel this corporate world thing just isn't it, and there's something better? Wait. Did, did you get pregnant during this? This story is coming back to me. Were you pregnant? And then there were people in the office that like wouldn't share pregnancy stories with you or something? That's not what started this, but that's sure, that's sure one of my stories I, mean, I get to an- share. It's another yeah. peg. You're like, it I is. just ran into so many obstacles where I needed women and they couldn't be there for me because right. of their own issues. Right. right. I checked myself. Yeah. I was like, hey, girl, I'm, it was that judging I'm thing. bringing you in. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Okay. So I'll just talk about that. I, I did not want children um, ever. I didn't either. 
ever. And now, like this, this, this could grow legs. I, yeah. My kids know I did not want you, and now I'm obsessed with them. Right? Yeah, I'm, obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with them. But um, I didn't. I did not want children. And which I, I think is a strong belief to have if you know yeah, that you want it. Yeah, yeah. But God had obviously a different plan for me, and. So, you know, in the corporate world where I worked, the women there just knew me as someone that didn't want kids. And I'm sure when I look back on that, they were probably like, ah, rude. Yeah. But that's not rude. I'm, I'm being raw and real. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How dare purpose, you not abandon yourself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your purpose mm -hmm. is to bear children. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> what? Yes. Um, no, and I think I talked about that at the summit too, yeah. right? Um, but anyway, so God had a different plan, and He's like, you have, you're having a child, mm -hmm. and you're and, having a son, and you're first. having a son. <laughs> and so I remember just really having a hard time with accepting that 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 there's a human growing inside of me. I had a really hard time accepting that. So I was already like beating myself up for like not embracing this beautiful thing that was happening. Um, and I didn't have anybody at the office to say, it's going to be okay. You're going to be so in love with this child. They um, were probably like, ha ha, she got pregnant. I think so. She didn't want kids. Bah ha ha. But you don't want to hear the crazy thing about it is there was a guy at my office who is still a very, very good friend of mine who gave me all of that feedback. A Aww. man. Mm -hmm. A man. That's how sweet though. Yeah. Yeah. A man gave me that feedback. And of course, you know, my husband, he was super crazy supportive because he was mm -hmm. excited. But as I went along in this pregnancy, nobody told me anything, nothing. Nobody told me that after I had the baby, I might just sit in my room and cry or mm -hmm. I might look at this baby and not want, you know, the postpartum thing. Yes. Nobody told me that. Nobody. So I remember one day um, I was still on maternity leave. And I was nursing my son and just bawling. And I'm not a crier. And I mean bawling, thinking things to myself like, what have I done with my life? What, you know, just like all this confusion and sad stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I oh, it's so relatable. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm just sitting, I'm nursing him in his nursery, just crying, crying, crying. Like, I don't want this life. I don't want this life. And I remember um, my husband, I didn't know he was in the house at the time. And he kind of comes in and the room and he starts crying. He didn't know I felt that way. Mm -hmm. And then I feel bad. Right. So from yeah. that point on, he and I at eight o'clock every night, we were on the couch and we would cry together. <gasps> we would cry together. What a so strong uh, relationship. Yeah. Was he yeah. the same? And just no. Know you did or he no. was just there to support you? Oh, for... this little baby was everything to him mm -hmm. and he was there to support me. Mm -hmm. And... Instead it was of like a tough telling time. you you're a horrible person for yeah. feeling this way. Yeah. And so I've got a girlfriend. Her name is Sharon. And she had a baby about a year before I had mine. And I remember she, I just felt like she was the only one I could call. Mm -hmm. you know, how do you feel that way? You have, you, you're surrounded by women, not necessarily friendships, but. You spend a lot of time with those Eight women, hours though. a day, yeah. right? I mean, we're in sales, so we're in and out of the office, but yeah. right. And not one of them popped in my brain to call and say, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. But this lady did. And I remember when I called her, she's like, same, get out of the house. Have your mom come babysit. Go mm -hmm. to a movie. Go for a walk. Mm -hmm. It's okay to give him a bottle. Go. Mm -hmm. She made me feel so okay that I felt so not okay. Prove to yourself you're still human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think when I see a pregnant woman, sometimes I'm like, 
too much. I'm like, hey, if you cry <laughs> yes. after that baby's born, don't you worry, because you're gonna cry. Hey, nursing's <laughs> really hard. Same thing. If you can't nurse, give that baby form. Yeah. And, and these these women are probably looking at me like, um, this is my fifth baby. I think I'm good. Right? <laughs> yes. I had that happen with my friend. She's on her third kid, and I was like, if you need anything, and she was like, Cheyenne, no offense, I don't want to say this to you. She's like, you've had one. I'm on three. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I try not to get offended when people do that because just because I have one kid and you have three. That doesn't mean doesn't the mean experience. That, like, yeah. yeah. Like, my life isn't less complicated with one. I still have other shit going on. I'm with you. I get that you have your own circus wherever you go, but don't <laughs> lessen my problems right. because you have three kids. Yeah, see, again, that's where shame comes from, yeah. right? I'm so like, she's thank like you one so up much. you. Yeah. Oh, you just right. said but was I me too. They, but they don't, they don't mean it. So like, I'm like, oh, I could instantly well, get offended right it. now, you know, but they that's don't know it. what they're saying. Right. Am I supposed to interject and like, let them know that they kind of hurt my feelings. And then I was just like, ah, and how do you do that in a way that you don't return the favor and hurt yeah. your feelings? Like, hi, just wanted you to know that you hurt my feelings because. Well, what's wrong that? with saying, yo, Jen, I wasn't insinuating that you don't have it harder than me and yeah. that I don't have it. Because I think you do because you have three kids. Right. I'm like, I don't understand how you coordinate. Right. Yeah. I don't know how you pay oh for childcare. I don't know how you eat. I can't relate to right. all of that. Yeah. But if you need anything, but at least I'm honest here. about it. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I saw a pregnant woman in Walmart. It took everything for me not to approach her. <laughs> like I'm like, or if you bring up things about kids now, I, I cry. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, that's really sad, and now I'm like. I feel it in and every you feel part it of in my your body. Bone. I like, know something happens when, like, after you give yeah. birth, no matter what, you hear anything about a child, and you're like, "It could have been me." <laughs> How are they doing it? You know, and you just go to the spirit thing. Okay, so when I was giving birth, right before my epidural, and I'm sitting there, I have headphones on, and I'm like, the contractions are coming to me. I stood up and I went, "Oh my God, Landon." There are women in this hospital right now, and they do not have someone with them. There are women in labor. <laughs> You're like, alone. go to those rooms. Yeah, and be I was with like, them. so like the nurse came in and they're like, honey, how are you doing? I said, is there anybody in this hospital right now that doesn't have somebody with them when they're going through contractions? Because you bring them in here. Okay. Yes. There are women, and I was like, they need and community. Then, yeah, yeah, they need, we, I need her too. So then, then I took it to like a next level because I had already called in my epidural. So I'm like, there. I'm like, Oh my god, those fucking assholes that knock these women up and abandon them. <laughs> oh my god. And then I just like look over at my husband. I was like, thank you so much for being here, but I'm gonna keep this rant going until they come in. Oh, the women of the earth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you went for this, and then I was like, Eve, I hope that apple tasted good, Eve. You know, I'm just like letting it all out. And then they finally give my epidural and I put on my extra bass headphones and I hop on my little playlist that I built two weeks ago and I go okay well maybe it's the life path and that's what they chose before they got here oh my, oh my god who am I to judge I just feel really bad they didn't have anybody there because I don't know what I would do if I was alone in this room <laughs> because I too was scared to have a baby that's the best story ever <laughs> oh no I can't tell you the rest of the story I can just tell you that like 85% of women poop during giving birth did you poop? I ate blue licorice the day before my water broke. 
Okay, I have to interject. <laughs> it's the first thing I told the nurse. I was like, listen, are you going to be here? Do they put do they put something under yeah, you? They can I continuously too. take wipes away. You so you have okay. no idea that well, you do. You can't feel it, but I watched their faces. Because what? I was like I was like, just so you guys know, I ate blue licorice last night. I obviously didn't know my water was gonna break and I don't even know why I ate blue licorice, okay? <laughs> I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. I think I put cheese on it. I don't know. So uh, both of my so I didn't I had C-sections, so I didn't get to the pooping part, but I was in the room when my sister had her baby. I was her coach, and all of a sudden, she's, you know, she's pushing, she's doing all that, and all of a sudden, there's this smell, oh. and I'm just like, is everything okay? What is going on? And then, and then I, you know, I kind of peek around, like, and I'm like, oh my Oh my, and there's oh a God. pan under oh, her. You're right? not yes. holding your poker face at all. <laughs> no, and I'm just like, oh, I didn't know. But I'd had the baby first, I and then she's having this baby. I'm like, how did no one tell me that you they poop don't, in childbirth? They're instructed like not to tell you. They just act like it's super normal. But I had already known this. Yes, See, I didn't know. I knew that too. So I was like, hi. Um, I don't want you guys to freak out. Thanks for what's wrong. But if <laughs> anything comes out, one, you don't have to tell me, and two. <laughs> probably going to be blue so basically we're going to have a really colorful pregnancy <laughs> right <laughs> so i was like okay thanks so you said you saw their faces what Cause they okay so yeah before i even went into labor like i had a couple finger waving moments with my husband of, mm -hmm. this will not this shall not pass at the hospital <laughs> and i was like one thing i'm never gonna let is i'm not letting a student in my room and observing my pregnancy so they can go write a paper about me this is my freaking moment Nobody's in there except yeah. for the medical professionals. Right. I was like, "Mind putting my foot down," and then they gave me an epidural, which makes you the nicest person in the world. <laughs> they do it for them, not us. Let's be honest. No. I, I, right. I guess. Yes. So this nurse comes in and she's like, "Hi, this is such and such." Um, like we were wondering if she could like observe this, and I was like, "Oh my god, I would love to help with the education <laughs> system. Whatever <laughs> you need, you abandon yourself." Yeah, I was like, "Whatever you need, you get in here. We're gonna make a moment." And as I'm telling her this, I was like, "I'm gonna run into this bitch in Panera in four weeks, mm -hmm. just getting my green tea." And, and I and she's gonna be like and she's Blue. yes and she's gonna look at me and she's gonna be like hi you're the ones that I might have told my friends about that you pooped wrote the paper about yeah, wrote the paper about so I was like you get in here so you know that there was that I had to ask for a C-section because I pushed so long that my daughter actually got stuck behind my pelvic bone. Oh no! And they kept they kept coming and checking up on me. They're like, "How are you doing?" I was like, "I want to die." Right. And they're like, "Okay, do you want to like vacuum her out?" And I was like, "No, no. Can I ask for a C-section? Is that a thing? Because if we you can't get ask. her out, well, if we, they wanted to do they wanted to progress it. They wanted to do the vacuum or like the claw thing, which none of them sound good." Um, and I've that. seen and I've seen babies that get vacuumed out and it like cone shapes their head. She was already. Well, I just feel like that's like there's a lot of comp yeah yeah. yeah. Well, what, what happens wrong. is if the baby gets stuck even more in the birth canal because we're on ten hours and we have less than eighteen to get her out because the the fluid has been leaking since eight thirty right. in the morning. But how many hours had you been pushing? Ten. Oh, Cheyenne. Yeah, so I got to the hospital. My water broke by itself. I'm part of the 15% of women that their water actually breaks. 
Uh, she came three days before I went to the hospital and they're like, yeah, you're not leaving here without a baby. I thought I was going to a Breaking Benjamin concert at Interest Bank Arena that no, night. No, you weren't. Yeah. And I, like I had already pointed out, I was like, I'm going to wear my Breaking Benjamin shirt. I'm nine months pregnant. My water's going to break at the show. She had and I'm going to be like, Ben, Ben, I'm having a Breaking Benjamin baby. Because <laughs> he's the lead singer of Breaking Benjamin. But breaking they have, water they have like yeah. They have like uh, things that they'll pull fans up on stage and they'll let the fans be on a riser on stage watching the show. So I was like, this is our moment, Monroe. You're going to come into this earth on stage (laughs) with Breaking Benjamin. I'm going to be like, I would love to see for your performance, but I have to go give life. (laughs) So it didn't happen, which was fine. But the nurse is like, yeah, honey, your water broke. You're not leaving here without a baby. That's the scariest thing anybody's ever told me in my life. So then they hook me up to potassium. Yeah. Yeah, drip. And I shoot up to five super quick. That's when the whole, I was crying for the women of the world. Why do men abandon women if they had any idea what they went through? Like, I went through all that stuff. And then I pushed, and I pushed, and I pushed, and I pushed. For 10 hours. For, like, 10 hours. And I didn't didn't realize it was that because my husband, I was like, I've been pushing for, like, five hours. He's like, baby, you've been doing it for 10. And I was like, oh, okay. That is insane to me. So my doctor still hasn't come in yet because they send like the residents here or something like that. He comes out to catch it. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So they're like, we can do these two things. And I had already known if you do those two, the baby gets stuck. Then it's an emergency C-section and all hell breaks loose. Okay. And I didn't need hell to break loose because I was already in the middle of my own personal hell. (laughs) Yes, you were. So um, I was like, can I ask for a C-section? And she's like, yeah, yeah. If you, if that's what you want to go to, we'll go to immediately. I said, I said to me, I said, you're the medical professional. I said, but to me, doesn't it make sense to skip over those two options and just go straight to the C-section and get the baby out of me? Right. And she was like, yeah, it does. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, then why wouldn't you just skip forward to the C-section? I've yeah. been pushing for 10 hours. Yeah. I don't get that. And I'm, I'm not, like, mad at you or anything, but I wanted her out. Right. I've never felt so much pressure. Like, it's not like you're in pain. For 10 it's hours. pressure. Yeah, like, I was leaning up against the back of the bed, and I was like, I was like, don't look at me. I don't ever want you to remember me looking at this. This is not a moment. <laughs> How many, like, minutes between each, like, I... I thought I I pushed my son for three and a half hours and people were like, that's a long time. And you're telling me 10 and I'm over here going, I'm dying for you. So I laid and my, okay. So if I go home to my friends, my story is the easiest. So I've never had someone be like, oh my God. Yeah. Somebody told me my, my birthing story was a cakewalk compared to them. And then I had multiple women tell me, oh, well you had an epidural, you had an epidural. Well, I gave birth to three kids naturally. Why does it have to be that? Gosh, darn it. Here I'm like, oh no, I'm like empathizing with you and going, oh my gosh. And I am with anybody. So I went back to work when I was seven and a half months pregnant, working 12 hour shifts, training Mm -hmm. for a new job, living in a hotel in Norman, Oklahoma. One of my trainers comes up to me. She's Hispanic. So I know enough Spanish to get through a conversation with you and you train me on whatever skill I need to know. She comes up and I'm working on a grill that day and I'm doing all of the base recipes with her. So I'm cooking on a huge ass grill 
uh, serranos, jalapenos, hot, corn, hot, hot, hot as a motherfucker, right. and my belly is touching the button, right? <laughs> so I'm like having to back up. I'm going to the back door. I'm sweating like, and she's like, she comes up, and I'm not gonna like do an accent, right? I'm just not gonna do it, right? Um, but she's like, yeah, how many do you have in there? And I was like, just one. And she <laughs> takes the tongs and snaps them in front of my face and goes, uh, I had two. You'd be fine. And walked <gasps> off. And I was like, see, I was like, here Why? we go again. I was just, she needs to come. To I just want to, yeah, I just want to be nice to people. And then I try not to use like cause effect action reaction as right. a reason for me right. to be a bitch. Mm -hmm. But some days I'm like, you know, Fuck off. I can't, I can't, I can't turn a cheek today. I just really fucking can't. So I didn't want more than Simon, my son. Mm -hmm. I, we were done. I didn't want him. And I got him. And I mean, obviously. Yeah, and you're like, God I'm obsessed. I, I love him. you. Yeah, I was perfect. obsessed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my husband says it was 4th of July, whatever year. And no, it wasn't. That was my first. Never mind. But he said he wanted another one. And I was like, how dare you? Right. And he's like, what would you do without your siblings? That's what everybody told me. But so at first I was like, I'd be fine. But then I go back I to. didn't know what I was missing. Right. So then I go back to growing up. There's four of us. And some of the greatest memories I have are like of the four of us, probably the three of us, because my little sister was. I don't know if she was involved in that or not. She probably was. She was a brat at the time. But we, <laughs> yeah, my, my mother, yeah, my mother would, um, she'd go off to, uh, she went back to cosmetology school. So she would either be in school or be at work. And we would practice Michael Jackson, like routines to Michael Jackson songs. Mm. And when she would come home, we would perform them for her. Mm -hmm. So when he said, what would you do without your siblings? I'm thinking be a solo fucking recording uh -huh. artist. So I was like, okay, fine. fine. It's, Ma it's Michael Jackson or Jackson 5? That's my option. No! <laughs> Jackson funny. 2. Mueller 2. Jackson 2. We, I call it the Mueller 4 because there's four of us. But mm -hmm. So he's like, uh, yeah, he wanted another one. So I remember when I got pregnant with her, very quickly, I took the first time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had this coffee can of money, like, you know, spare change. And it said Simon's money. And I remember looking at it and I go, yeah. That's his money. Thank you for bringing that up because I say the same thing about Monroe. I'm like, what if Monroe wants horseback riding lessons and baby number two that I'll never pick a name out for wants to do swimming and we have to pick between two. I already know I'm going to pick Monroe. You won't. No. So, But I was there. Yeah, I totally yeah, was. It's the fact that I had those thoughts. Uh -huh. And anytime uh -huh. I had those thoughts with a like a woman who had a mother, two, mother, three, or wanted to have another baby... They're like, oh, you know you can get pregnant. You don't have another one. Like, I'm supposed to have a baby because you can't. Doesn't make sense to me. Right. I don't care yeah. how harsh that sounds if no. you're listening and you can't have a baby. Right. You need to know the perspective of the woman who knows she does not want to mother more than one mm -hmm. child. Yeah. Because we're out here and we're fucking proud. Yeah. I, I still get a parent card. You do. Okay. <laughs> but see, look, you're putting so much of your worth into that, right? Yeah. You're like, see, I still get a parent card. You shouldn't even have to fucking say that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's what your soul wants. See, that was her abandoning herself 
because that's her journey. That's her experience. Mm -hmm. And so often we are made to feel guilty based off of somebody else's experience. Yeah. I'm fucking tired of society doing that. Like mm -hmm. it, it's in our family. We say, I'm sorry. I didn't buy that guilt trip. I'm gonna have you take that back. Love it. Okay. Oh, that's nice. You can yeah. keep that. Yeah. My mom said that to I me since that. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So when I was that bitchy 13 year old, I'm like, I don't want to take the guilt trip back. I'm trying to manipulate you into a weekend sleepover. I'm going to use that on my kids. Um, I didn't buy that guilt trip. Sorry, cards declined. That's okay. right. All right. Yeah. Love it. I still love, love you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want that one baby, have that one fucking baby. We do um, because we have this, um, like, I have this weird picture in my mind. And it sounds horrible because it sounds like the world's ending. But I'm just like, if shit hit the fan... What are you grabbing? <laughs> and he said, I think about that stuff all the like, time. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm grabbing the kid. I said, you're grabbing Monroe because you're going to run faster than me and you can protect her. I said, I'm either going to have to grab the dogs or supplies. I said, let's throw another kid in the mix. I said, we both have kids in our hands. We have no supplies. <laughs> That's why you keep the supplies packed. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? I was, like, I was yeah. like, here's one thing that I see in the future. I said, um, two... It doesn't really fit, like, where we want to go in the world. Like, we kind of want to be an RV family down the road. Yeah, We, wanna, we cool. really, with the way the school system's going, like, by the time Monroe goes to school, if she has to sit in front of a computer, no. Yeah. We're both going to be working from home by then. We're going on the RV. Oh, you want to see what a fucking zebra looks like? I'll take you to one. Sure. You're not going to learn it in a book. Right. I get that opportunity with Monroe. Yeah. If he slips one past the goalie next week when we're having a good time, <laughs> we are not an RV family. Okay? Because I'm not raising two kids, two dogs in an RV. But I will raise one kid, two dogs, and my husband can deal with it. There you go. <laughs> and that's my story. Because I'm sure there's yeah. people out there that are like, I have four kids in an RV and we're fucking killing it. Great. Good, Brenda. Yeah. You stay the fuck over yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'll wave to you. I'll from wave over to here. you and I support you. <laughs> yes. But I am not doing it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's beautiful because you know what you want. You're convicted about it. You don't have any apologies. But the about Simon it. thing, I was like, God, that's so relatable. We really just have to pull that apart because I, I did feel like that. Like I hadn't even not had the baby yet at that time, but I was like, that's that's Monroe's. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, that's his. Yes. Fast forward to three or four years, and it it wasn't his. Right. Which I mean, I think it's great that you know, we're able to prove ourselves wrong in the mm -hmm. capacity of love that we're able to continuously output. Yeah. I would never want to be in a situation where someone had a baby and they're like, no, nah, I like my first one better. And then that other one, like for the rest of their life is insignificant. So, but that, there, there is that. Happen. There is that. I, you know, are you, you, you have favorites? <laughs> no, no, that's my family. Oh, okay. oh, I was, like, well, I was blown mother. away at my last retreat that I ran. Um, let's see. When was that? What are we in? What is we are in June? Yeah. That would have yes. been, when was that? March, April? I don't even know. It was warm weather. It was really nice. Whatever. There were six women there and each one of them had a favorite. Really? I think each one of them did because one said, you know, my son I'll make up a name. Um, Hank is my favorite. And I was like, yeah, a favorite? Totally not even judging. I was just so... Just research-wise. Well, really? yeah. I was like, what? You have a favorite? She's like, totally have a favorite. I've got a girlfriend that um, she has a favorite. And so in the room during that retreat, 
they were like, yeah, I have a favorite. Yeah, I have a favorite. And I was like, oh, how does that work? I was just fascinated by it because I right? don't have a favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I love them so differently and so separately. And my mom I says the same thing. I, 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 and I, I'm not trying to say that because I'm trying to, you know, be else. I don't have a fucking favorite. It is different love, mm-hmm. though. So Probably my, based on the astrology sign. I tell, yeah, quite right. <laughs> I tell both my kids separately, they are my favorite. Yeah. My mom did that to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I love that. I yeah. love that. And, and they both believe it. And yeah. Uh, they both are my favorite. Yeah. Right? Yes. My yeah. mom says yes. favorite oldest daughter to my sister and favorite youngest daughter I do. To I'm me. like, you're my, you're my favorite yeah. adult and you're my favorite baby. Oh, you know. there you go. Yeah. My sister See? will get on her phone and still mess with her. She, mm-hmm. Hi, it's your favorite daughter. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> but when I was, when I was pregnant with my second one, I was like, how do you do this? I was like, this is not going to work out well. I'm like, I'm glad you have this dad over here. That's going to love you because I'm not going to like, I have, I have number one. Over I have, here, a, yeah, this one over here. And I have no, no capacity for number two. No, right. like so, I already know that I have no idea how I'm going to love you. Right. And then she came out and I'm like, Okay. Nothing to worry about. That's how that works. Yeah. Okay. My question is, both of you have two kids, Mm -hmm. so you're experiencing something that I have not. So, um, what does it feel like when you do, like all those fears are realized and you realize that you overworked them in your head? Like you're not taking away from Simon. You're, you're not taking away, you're not taking money away from him. The love is there. Did you have a, like a first child guilt when you were trying to figure out how to be a mom of two where you're like, Oh, well obviously like you're breastfeeding the baby's attached to you. Oh, that. did you have that? Like I, had I didn't a get to get Simon. No, I just time. involved him in everything that okay. I did. Like when I was nursing, he was sitting right next to me when I was feeding her. He was, well, obviously I was nursing, but when I was playing with her, changing her diaper, he was right there. Um, he was right there so much. In fact, that he had taken a doll that I had as a little girl and I put in her room. She's, I'm still on maternity leave. I, I took three months off with her. Um, and I went into, I went to put her in her bassinet and he's sitting in the nursery rocking chair, nursing the doll. Oh, it was hilarious. That's adorable. So that's what I did. I mean, the only mom guilt I think I have is, you know, and I don't even think it's guilt. I'm a no regretter. I don't have a, I don't have any regrets, but I have a lot of learning experiences. Yes. I don't really have any regrets, but I, I feel like the, the, the mom guilt that I do have is, and I don't even like the word guilt, but for lack of a better, yeah, for word, lack of a better word, guilt? guilt is like for my son, I didn't figure out the breastfeeding. And so you almost feel like, Oh, I failed that. for my daughter. I was a milked cow. I mean, I was, <laughs> I nursed her till she was two. I had enough breast milk to feed my niece. That's and awesome. so I kind of look back at that and go, well, I just didn't have the right people in my life. Mm-hmm. to say, do this, do that, call mm-hmm. this person, call that person. With my number two, I had, I had better, I was surrounded by better people. Well, I was sharing again. She was like, call a lactation. No, actually my mom did. She was like, call a lactation. You're not giving up because with my daughter, she didn't have a good latch. I was bleeding. It was awful. Oh, that does suck. It was mm-hmm. terrible. But, um, and for her, it wasn't so much that I didn't want her to drink formula I think it was kind of, I was challenging myself. Yeah. How long can I go with this one? How far mm-hmm. can I go with this one? And then I remember I was nursing her when she was like two and my older sister walked into the bedroom and she was like, Oh, you're still breastfeeding. And I was like, 
is it weird? And she's like, low bet. Low bet. (laughs) So so I think that to the, my answer to the question is no, I never really. I love that you're like, he was there for everything. He was. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I have had people express that type of guilt before. And now that I'm fingers crossed, pretty sure. Yeah. I'm not going to have to uh, deal with that. I, I still wonder. Yeah. Cause what was yours like with your, because there's such a, there's a big age difference. There's a, yeah. There's 10 years between them. And with um, my oldest, she was so happy to have a little sister and she was right yeah. there, you know, and they had this great relationship. But then as time went on and she's like, you're giving her more attention and you love her more. And, you know, and, yeah. and I'm like, okay, here's what you have to see is that for 10 years, it was just you, you and you got a hundred percent of me. I'm like, she's not going to get that until you're out of the house. So for her first 10 years, she's going to have a sibling and then she's going to have that alone time. Yeah. I said, but so what you're seeing right now is different. I'm like, she's never had just us. She's never had, you know, those, those kinds of things. So I get that you're feeling bad for yourself right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm valid. You rocked her world. But just know that there's going to be a point in time when she doesn't have the sibling. And right now is this time for you guys together. Yes. And, um, so I think she eventually kind of came to terms with that. But I think there's still a little bit inside of her. That's like, you don't love me as much as you love her. Mm-hmm. She'll be sitting on someone's couch later on in yeah, life. <laughs> she will. Yeah, she will. Well, and, and, you know, and, you know, kind of like what I was talking about earlier where she had that phase of, I hate you, you're no good, and blah, blah, blah. Luckily, it didn't last that last long. very long. But it's torture when it does happen. I know. Yeah. It's so, the dynamic with my daughter is, you know, we have like this invisible, each one of my kids, we have like this, well, my husband and I call this invisible string from my heart to theirs. It's just, especially mm-hmm. my daughter, like, mm-hmm. she's like, can I come today? Can I come today? And it wasn't, I mean, part of it was to see what it's all about, but like, she's mm-hmm. got to be so close to me all the time. Does and, she look like you? Uh-huh. So, well, I think she looks like her dad, mm-hmm. but everybody says, oh my gosh, like she looks your, just like your, you. Your little mini me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly because I, I think say. the same thing about Monroe. Like, if you look at her, she's got like Landon's eyes, his nose, all of that. But yeah. you can definitely tell like she's my little mini me. Yeah, and like inner child issues are one of the best things to dig into in therapy. Is what I <laughs> yes. found. But I work a that lot with in finding your that. higher inner self. Yeah, I know in yes, therapy yes, yes, they yes. say future self. You I say like higher to self. sprinkle the higher self uh-huh, on uh-huh. because I'm like, hey, girl. Um, but when I see Monroe. And I realize I have inner child issues that I'm still dealing with. I see myself in her. Yes. And I'm like. Don't parent her based off of your inner child. Yeah. And I don't want to. But the fact that I, I think it's weird. Like, I'm like, oh, these, these are my issues. These are what I'm working on. And then I'm like, you're still a clean slate. I promise I'm going to do everything not to mess you up. Yeah. But I promise you, you are not going to get out of here without a couple bumps and bruises. Yeah. You know, I look at my kids all the time and think, okay, I'm really going to try. I'm going to try really hard not to fuck you up. Yeah. But there are days I'm going to fuck you up. There just are. There just are. I had a guy at work the other day um, tell me, it was kind of profound. He's a Presbyterian preacher who has had um, plenty of practice at marriage and kids is probably what I'd say. Um, Somebody was coming in talking about how they had like failed as as a parent. And he goes, whoa, 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 wait, hold on. Cardinal rule number one, (laughs) 
we have all failed as parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no book. Of yeah. course, there's books written out there yeah. after parenting, but before parenting, what book do you pick up? Can't make a mistake. So, before you walk in here and tell me you're a failure, I want you to know that I too have failed at parenting. Yeah. And then he looks over at me and I go, I'm only on 16 months. Let me have this freaking boy right now. <laughs> all right. And he's like, he's like, you haven't failed yet, mm -hmm. but you mm -hmm. will. You will. And I was like, yeah. I've failed in my but mind you a million won't. times. In it's life. not a failure. Why can't, we, yeah. why can't we stop seeing it as a failure? failure. Yeah. Yes. Because we are giving them the experience they need. Uh -huh. Even if we regret the experience we gave them. Yeah. Right. Even need. if it's a shitty experience. It's a life lesson maybe both of us needed. Absolutely. So do you want to hear a story on that Absolutely. now? Absolutely. It's kind of a long one. You can edit it out. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to edit you out. <laughs> so um, I, I work with a group of ladies. There's like, I don't know, 11 of them in this smaller group. It's called my inner circle. And most of their work is based on I'm not enough or what's my worth, right? What's my worth? What's my worth? So <clears throat> one of their, one of our sessions, and it's, I have, Zoom and in person. I said, all right, get a piece of paper out. Draw a circle or a heart on your piece of paper. Write down every name in that circle or heart that you care what they think. Write the names down. So I stop and I let them write their names down. And there are some women that are just writing, 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 writing. There are some women that, you know, wrote, yeah, no, probably four, five, six. Mm -hmm. And um, so we go around the room and we kind of dissect it a little bit. So from that point on, there was only one lady in the room that she had six people in her, not in the room, but in the session, she had six people in her circle. She was the only one that included herself and God. And so I said, you're on the right track. Let's, let's shave this list down, right? I gave them some tidbits to think about over the next two weeks. And then when we reconvene in two weeks, we're going to talk about what the list now looks like. Okay. So that was on a Tuesday. That Thursday, my daughter, she's 12. Again, that invisible string from heart to heart. She's going to her very first overnight camp. I will let you know that the overnight camp is only three nights. And it's with a very, very dear friend of mine who runs the camp. My daughter, it's a, it's a Bible rodeo camp. Okay, so my, my niece is also going with her. So they're like going together. Mm -hmm. Charlie is very strong, very independent. She's a free thinker. She's a lot like I am now, but nothing like I was then. Mm -hmm. I was super insecure, yeah. very introverted. A lot like me now, nothing like me then. So she's going to this camp. Thursday, I take her. The drop-off system is freaking legit. It's got security checkpoints. I mean, this is nice happening. I'm feeling very safe. I'm feeling very confident with my child being at this overnight camp. So they check in their phones. They can have them every night between 5 and 5.30, which I love. And to call mom, call dad, whatever. And she'll check in. So she had already told me, mom, I'm probably not going to call you or FaceTime you because that might make me a little bit sad. I'm just going to text you. You do you, sister. Dying inside, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I don't get to see my beautiful face. I want to talk to you. Uh, but I'm like, I got to let her have this. So Thursday, you know, it's getting to be five o'clock. So I've got my phone just like glued to me. I, I glued to me. It texts, there she is, there she is. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Swipe. 
my I'm okay. I'm doing okay. And I love you. Okay. I love you too. Oh my gosh. Kiss, 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 kiss. Okay. She's fine. She's good. She's great. So I go on with the evening. 9.52. I get up at 4.15 in the morning to work out. So I go to bed pretty early. But 9.52, my phone rings. And it's the lady. It's my friend. And I, I think I pick up, I think I picked up the phone and said, is she okay? And she said, she's okay. I think she's just really mommy sick. Mm. Fuck. Okay. She said, I'm going to let her talk to you. She's crying. She's a lot like me. She doesn't cry. So I'm like, oh my God. So I put her on speaker. Her dad's in town at the time and put her on speaker. And I really encourage her to stay only because she hasn't experienced this camp yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm talking her through it. And sometimes when I'm in that zone, I'm a mom. I don't think about what I'm telling my clients to do. Right. I'm just a mom. You're I'm just, just I'm just, I'm being mm-hmm. me. And, mm-hmm. and I am me when I'm coaching my clients, but I don't put those strategies, those right. resources and tools into play all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just being a mom, telling her I love her, telling her, you know, it's going to be great. You're going to have the time of your life just get through it. So Gail gets back on the phone and she said, how about, you know, we do, and I'm crying. Mm-hmm. I'm not a crier, but when how it comes to my kids and God, I do cry. Um, so I, I get with Gail and we, we have this plan, right? Let's get her through all of tomorrow because this girl's going to be on a horse all day long. Nothing better in her world. Mm-hmm. She's been on a horse. She's four years old. Nothing better than being on a horse. Okay, great. So I'm having a hard time the rest of the evening, just worried about her. Phone rings, I think at 11.30 from her camp leader, and then again at like 1.30. I just tell her I love her, get through the night, sweetie. Um, you're gonna have such a good day tomorrow. So the camp leader, or her, her team leader, calls me the next morning and tells me she's been throwing up all night, very, very sad, very, very sick. And I'm just, I'm just in turmoil. Like, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail as a parent. I don't want to fail her. Mm -hmm. So I have another client who has really enforced this. I have a good faith. I I mean, in God and I I believe in him and I I accept him into my heart. But anytime I have her in my office, it's just, she enriches that for me. This is the conversations that we have. And she's got older kids. And she is at a point in her life where she'll say, you know, with my daughter, um, Tracy, I, I have learned to just lay her at the altar. And when she says that to me, I envision her taking her not dead body, but this right. dead weighted body. Yeah. And just laying her at the altar. So I had texted her after I got off the phone with the team leader who was also crying about Charlie um, I need your prayers. That's it. I just need your prayers. Charlie is having a hard time at camp. And she understands that bond Charlie and I have. She texts back. Oh, I think I'm injected. And she says, lay her at the altar. And I go, oh. Yeah. See your face? That was my face. That well, was my Well, my tears heart. are coming in right yeah. here, but I was like, Ugh. I've never, ever surrendered my children. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-mm. I got this guy. Yeah, I got right? this. Right. So I did. I sat there on my bed and I just said, you know what? She's not mine. She's yours. And she's been this amazing gift that you gave me. And this is just for camp, right? Yes. 
but don't, I, I'm not trivializing my feelings. I'm not minimizing. This is, I mean, this is, I don't want to fail. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to fail her. So I say to him, you know, just take him. She's, or take her. She's yours. Um, use her today for your, whatever she needs to be used for. She's yours. I trust you. I'm going to let you have her just for today. So I felt this overwhelming sense of peace, right? And I went through my day. And I realized in this moment, my circle, my heart that I told these ladies to draw on there, all that's in there is me and God. Now think about it. If there were more than me and God and there were say, you know, well, maybe I need to call Cheyenne. What would she do? I would probably call my mom. She's no longer here, but I would probably call my mom more for support. I could call one sister and she'd be like, you let her stay, mm -hmm. right? But she doesn't understand the, the internal struggles or I don't know. She does understand our dynamic, but she parents differently. Yes. Mm -hmm. I could call my other sister and she, you go get her. I could call my friend. You, right. It's I'm abandoning like myself. An, an inner knowing at this point. Like inner a, knowing. Oh, Cheyenne, do you yes. want to tell the story? Because you're, you're <laughs> I'm following sorry, it. But I'm, no, I'm like, this I'm is like, great. It's yes. It's yes. just repeating in my head. It's yes. like, oh, there's so I'm a wall, not there's a wall, there's abandoning a wall. myself in this moment, right? I'm doing the exact things I'm teaching these ladies to do. Stop abandoning yourselves. Find who you are, what you stand for, right? Who is in this circle? So now. Let me fast forward. She had a great day and her team leader calls me. She's crying and she said, that girl's faith cannot be rocked. And I was like, what? She said, she has had a day. She has, um, she spent time with another team leader in prayer. She has spent time with, um, the pastor took her off and started talking to her about faith over fear. Um, she's, she, and we're Catholic. We don't have, so she's having a different experience with faith than she's used to. You know, the Hail Marys, the Our Fathers, yes. the Catholic guilt trip that I didn't buy, mm -hmm. uh, yes. things like that, right? I love Not that I'm, <laughs> <laughs> So then she says that they were on a ride together in the pasture and the lady's mother had phoned her. She's elderly and not doing well and it wasn't a good conversation. So I don't know what happened. I didn't get the details. But she looked at Charlie with tears in her eyes and said, Charlie, girl, I, I need your, I need your prayers. I just, we've been praying for you. She said, she whipped out a wonderful, beautiful prayer that gave me peace. She said, Kendra, she's, she's wrapped here in discipleship. She's wrapped here in protection. She's, and I could just, I could just vision this like force field around my daughter. And I thought, that's it. Me and God in this circle. Because if I have invited anybody else, I'm abandoning myself. I was listening to that knowing. You were strong enough to surrender. So if you don't know if you're failing or making mistakes, if you and God are the only ones in the circle, you can't make a mistake. And I'm not trying to get a holy roller on you at all. No. But. We love God. He created us, mm -hmm. right? In his image. If we just trust in that and believe in that, we're not going to fail. We're just not. Yes. So when I, when I, um, she ended up coming home. Is that out there? <laughs> she ended up coming That's home up at the end of, at the end of like night two. And that was okay. She held up her end of the bargain. 
I held up my end of the bargain with God because I said, just for today. Go get her. <laughs> just for today. So, but um, I said, we are going back to church at 10 o'clock on Sunday to support your your cousin and the rest of these kids. And we're going to the rodeo after church to support these kids and your and your cousin. Because that's where you would be. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm that Catholic that doesn't go to Mass every Sunday. I probably go to Mass far, 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 far less than I go. But you talk to God every day. Talk to Him every day. Yeah. And I went to this cowboy church. If you've never been to a cowboy church, holy cow. Well, now I want to go. <laughs> My soul was watered and fed mm -hmm. so immensely with this pastor. But I'll speed the story along. During his sermon, if you will, he talked about God created us in his image. And I was like, oh, I just said that to one of my ladies just two weeks ago. Because she asked me. Speaking to me yes, 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 you're, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So he goes on to say that. So then he goes on to say, we put so much of our worth in our circumstances, in the car we drive, how much money we have in the bank, um, the, the purse we carry, what our hair looks like. Who our parents are, who our parents aren't. Now I'm adding to this, right? Mm -hmm. So then I tell my ladies, I'm like, what if instead of writing all these names in this circle, instead of figuring out what my worth is, we asked ourselves, why am I here? Wouldn't the script flip? Wouldn't that change the trajectory of your life? And you could just see all of this and they start crossing out these names in their circle. Right? That's profound. If you figure out why you're here, even in a moment, you can't make a mistake. You can't fail. As long as you're depending on that inner knowing and God. That's it. I love that story. I don't think it was long at all. <laughs> and it, like, it just kept wrapping around. I was like, yeah, there's a string that ties together. Yeah. Yep, there yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I say, when I say, um, you know, I'm kind of a, I don't know. I've been called a hypocrite before because I love crystals. I meditate. Don't, I smudge. Don't put me in a box. And I love Jesus. You're the only person that needs to label me. That, I do not yep. need to label myself. That's right. I used to need labels all the time. You did. Yes. But it started as a young age. It started, I mean, like, Because okay. society told you. I think the perfect example of needing to be labeled is, like, when you're a teenager and you're like, am I emo? Am I a prep? Yes. Am I this? So you go through all these weird fashion trends. Yes. Trying to find yourself. Yep. So then, like, I tried out so many different things. And I grew up in a hair salon, so I had highlights in I grew up in a hair salon. Ooh, Love it. Yes. Drinks. Yes. <laughs> She's a Catholic and she drinks. But it's okay. <laughs> because I'm just going to confess that sin tomorrow and be fine. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> As I roll my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was supposed to be Catholic, which is why I think we'd go great together. Oh, my gosh. Because I have just a wonderful perspective on so many churches that I've uh -huh. bounced in and out of. Yeah. But I realized, like, how severe some Catholics take divorce seriously the older I got. And I would 
be in these churches and they would be like, oh, do you have a church? Like, have you been baptized? I said, no, my parents are too busy getting a divorce. Right. And fucking crickets. So I was like, <laughs> I just don't use that anymore. My brother and sister were baptized and I was not. Yeah, my parents were getting a divorce. I don't really think that's the lie. I think I was not baptized on purpose because I felt like I wasn't locked into something already. Yeah. Like somebody didn't give my soul away for me yeah. to the religion that was indoctrinated into them indoctrinated. through, the, through mm -hmm. my family. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, so like growing up, I was like, I'm kind of like one part of me is like, I'm filthy. You know? <laughs> oh no. Cause, Cause they're like, right. what if you would have died when you were a baby? Yes. Yeah. What if you had died when you were a baby and you weren't baptized? You would have automatically went to hell because you not true. Not true at not all. True. But when you hear that as a kid, you're a little, you like, believe it. It goes right like, to your oh, subconscious. No. Yeah. So, and I had plenty of time. So, um, the retreat that you went on. I did vacation Bible studies. I did Girl Scout retreats. Are yeah. the church back home that I still am loosely associated with? Um, we they rented out this huge retreat center where I did the Girl Scout camp ten years prior, mm -hmm. and they were baptizing people in the lake that I used to do that I used to swim in when I was a kid. Oh yeah. So I remember I was like, oh, obviously I should get baptized here because I swam here when I was a kid, and. I have a relation to this land and this would just be this amazing profound sure, moment. Sure. I'm standing on the shore of this and on honestly, you also want to be baptized so everybody can look at you and go, Yay, you're one of us now. And you're finally accepted everybody right now. everybody yeah. holds each other tightly, you know? Yeah. Um and I wanted that moment and I'm I'm standing there watching people get baptized and I remembered um I didn't really feel it was necessary to prove myself like that. Yeah. I didn't think it was necessary to just tie myself to them is kind of how I felt. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I was baptized at this church, but I didn't just believe in the Methodist church is views. Right. Because my best friend was Mormon at the time mm -hmm. and I went to her church mm -hmm. too. And then I had a friend that was Catholic yeah. and I had grandparents that were yeah. Catholic. And then I had another friend that went to another church mm -hmm. and I just kept bouncing all around. And I'm like, this is really confusing. How you, like you're all right. Right. Yeah. It's like, all, they're all organizations. And you're all wrong. And you're all wrong. Yeah. The other one is wrong. And yeah. I'm right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm like, I'd be sitting in Bible studies and, you know, we're talking about like gay people. So, no. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, we're still trying to decide. So we're supposed to love everybody and not judge anybody. So what do we do if a gay couple moves into our town and comes into our church? Do we let them be a member of our church? Yes. The reply from the older generational woman was no. is the best thing I could say. She goes, oh, we will allow them into our church and we will let them see their ways and we will help them change. My heart hurts. And I, I mean, I was just like, no, but, but you're the cardinal rules to love everybody, not for their skin color, not for their money, mm -hmm. not for, for their who ability they to love. change and fit in their box. Listen, yeah. that's not for us to decide, exactly. right? This is where that whole judgment piece really comes in for me and my ladies, because, you know, that is not for us to decide. That's them. Yeah. Just like between God. Yeah. Like accept everybody for who they are. I mean, your body's obviously going to give you vibes like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't mess with that person. Right. Those but are I mean, great. If I'm not saying no, abandon right. your intuition no. because your intuition and your faith are two separate things, mm -hmm. but please don't hit me over the head with your Bible 
because I decided to start getting tattooed at 18 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I decided mm-hmm. my body is my temple mm-hmm. and it's also my canvas. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. struggled for so long with speaking out my emotions correctly mm-hmm. or not being the good girl, quiet girl thing. Right. Because I had something to say. Yeah. And I might have not processed it properly, but I still had something to say. So I started expressing myself through my tattoos over and over. And I, it's kind of like an uphill battle to find yourself sometimes. Always. And I'm, I am I mean, I help women do it every day. Yeah. And I still have to work on it for myself mm-hmm. every day. Right? Because it's it's a journey. It's not Always. a destination. It's not a destination. It's always a journey. Um, I'm doing a, a thing right now where it's, a, it's just a social media basically a campaign, but it's about self-love. And so... By the way, your posts make me happy when I see them. Oh, good. I think you should know that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I see you work I need to really, really hard yeah, on everything. Yeah, yeah. But every time, either your personal profile or the love and light, uh-huh. I just... I know I have to read it, and if I don't read it, I save it to come back to it because it always makes me feel good. Oh, good. But I also feel like we write posts the same where we're sitting there and we're like, okay, don't be... Don't be super cheesy. Yep. But put some love out. Real and, and put raw. the truth out. So and put the truth out. Yeah. Like I know how much intent and time you do mm-hmm. so you portray it properly. Yeah. And then you're like, I didn't get as much feedback as I thought. And <laughs> yep. I really thought that I was going to like. I thought this was so Yeah, profound. I thought this, this was, was so my profound. viral poke. But I get it. I know. This was it. This is <laughs> yeah. the one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I know that there are a lot of people that don't, they don't click and they don't comment. So yeah. you have to think, I, I think about that. Uh, but I am also pretty good at being a ghost follower sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. Not yep. with you. Yeah. But I, I am. Can I, just, yeah, I can I'll, just admit I'm a really well, good ghost sometimes follower. Sometimes I'm a little bit afraid to like anything. Over because, and over and over. Well, no, because I don't want my algorithms to cater to that one. Yeah. That piece of whatever that content was. Mm-hmm. I like, I follow people for a reason. And so that's why I don't scroll as often. I've got a list of like 20 people that I'll go peep in on. You are one of them. Um, you are. I don't have a list, but yeah. I've, my algorithm if has I... made sure you're on the top of that. <laughs> okay, good. Because good, good, I good. do like your shit. Good. But so I we're want talking her to know about I this. saw. I want her to know that I liked it. And I'm not just like, oh, it's, you know, the thing that I found is it's like, it's not what you posted. It's that you posted it is what is starting to get people likes. Yeah. So yeah, they're like, oh, well, Kendra, yeah. uh, oh, Kendra posted like, I'm yeah. not just liking you no. because it's your post. Right. I'm liking it because, because I legitimately like it. And I yeah. took the time to read it. Yeah. I yeah. don't care if your paragraph's five freaking pages. I know. I'll just read it over my whole day. Yep. Yep. I'm going to take a break yep. and read the second paragraph. <laughs> but I have I have found that that people are like, oh, I like I just liked the post because of who it was. I had no idea what it was. I know. Don't do that. I'm like, or they'll like it based off people. of the picture that was posted with it. Yeah. Like, no, read the post. Which, I mean, I am guilty of that. But I, that's on, like, it's not people like you. Right. No, like, no, no. Yeah. You two, if it's not her right when she posts, it's you and about a handful of other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they yeah. all have, they're all my friends with small businesses. Love supporting small business, even yes. if it's not here. There's a boutique in um, in Colorado, in Vail, Colorado, that she makes me buy her shit because I like <laughs> because of her because of her Instagram. Yes, but she's a small, locally owned business, so I, I love supporting local. But even everybody if it's has here. an online store now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we said. We're like, yeah. yeah, for season one, we definitely want to like plug any local businesses that we can that we believe in and want to support, not just for their episode, but down the road in the future, yeah. bring them back, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. I'm like, eventually, like we have people we're going to interview from the UK 
fuck yeah, I'm plugging your yeah. business because you work online. Yeah. Technology yeah. has connected us yeah. in a way that nobody had any idea we were going to be able to do this. It's amazing. It's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we drew, why we grew legs on that one. Oh, I was talking about self-care. Yes. Right? Yes, because a lot of people, here's what I'm trying to get my point across on self, self-love, self-care. Well, you brought up something in our interview where it was like, I'm really sick of everybody thinking that self-care is just pedicures, um, bubble, herb, baths. bubble baths, yeah. and, getting and getting a massage. Or eating a warm meal. Because warm it meal, is, yes, myself. it is a part of it, but let's talk about the other part that... That self-examination part. Yes. Like, that, that... Let me go buy some Lululemons and some sage, but no, I'm not going to do shadow work. Is that word mm -hmm. talking to right. you Right, or like looking inward and going, okay, own your shit. Making yourself okay. the best version of you you could be. But, but, but I got own this it, one. Right? What about spiritually bypassing your shadow work? So, mm. hey, instead of sitting down and doing my shadow work, let me go do an ayahuasca retreat in Peru and just get that sickness out in seven days. Well, I mean, I don't see a problem <laughs> You but said Peru. The, the bypassing is what right. I'm talking about. You when can, you're, you're when your not higher fully... self is coming to you and they're saying, hey, you will do an ayahuasca retreat soon. But before you do this, right. you need this step to prepare. Mm -hmm. So you your do. higher self is coming to you and saying, this is the step you need. And then your ego is overriding your higher self. And ego's going, huge. It's hey, what I you call can the big skip flex. that bullshit and yep. just fly to Peru. Post it on Instagram that you're going to go on this life-changing, mind-bending, Okay, hold on. Experience. Great. So you go and you do that and you're posting it on Instagram. Did you break down and cry because you were a shithead at some point well, you in your were. life? Did you, right, did you have a breakthrough? Did you do this? Did you do that? It's not just, I run retreats But like did that. your ego lead you? I guess that's my biggest I point. think sometimes your ego leads you, right? So here's, here's where because I would say. Because it's spiritual, so it's going to be good for me. And it is. But here's where, here's what you leave on the table, mm -hmm. right? Desiree, you come to my retreat and you have these wonderful breakthroughs. You, you, you look in the mirror and you think, here's where I, here's where I could have been better. Here's where I need to own why my marriage isn't doing well. Here's where I got to own why I'm in the career I'm in. Here's why I got to own why I, I'm abandoning myself. It's get out of the fucking victim mentality mm -hmm. and own it. Okay. But here's where, here's where you leave it on the table. You're going to my retreat or to this Peru retreat, which sounds amazing. <laughs> you come to my retreat and you do all of this work and you have all these breakthroughs and you have all these aha moments and you're ready to take on the world. Okay. Here's where I call bullshit. This is what you leave on the table. Okay. I'm ready to do it. I don't need you anymore. I got it. Happens all the time. But do ya? Do ya? So that's why at my retreats, I offer more of me. Yeah, it's, I'm still running a business, mm -hmm. but my business impacts lives. But you're also not like, hey, come here and I'm going to help you for 30 days. And then your package no. ends and you'll never talk to me again unless no. you want to purchase my services again. Right, no. Which is out there. Right, right. So I right. love that you bring that up because I actually had a friend of mine not realize that she said this to me in the middle of kind of her, another one of her Dark Night of the Souls type thing. She finally realized, like, I think all I need is just really strong, empowering women around me. And mm -hmm. I need to be okay that the other women that are around me are of the same caliber of me. And I don't envy them because I am as strong as these women. But I think all I need to do is be around women right now to heal. And then I'll be good. No. 
So I was like, and we had like That's just so naive, gotten our friendship yeah. back together in a sense. And I was like, I need you in my life right now. Like you're empowering me. I'm in, like, we had finally reached a mutual exchange of friendship energy. We're like, we were just flowing and flowing. Mm -hmm. And she was like, just randomly one day, she was like, yeah, I just think for right now, I just really need to get my flow back. And I just need to be for right now, surrounded by really empowering women. Which is a great place to be. And I was like, I want to be that woman. But if you're literally treating me like I'm a 30 day beach body program. And then as soon as you find your power, like I'm good. Yeah. Don't do that to me. Like, I had to be really vulnerable. I was like, don't get strong and think that, one, I don't need you or you don't need me because you've, you've leveled up. Right. We're not, we're not beyond saying Destiny's Child right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. Come back, Kelly Rowland. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. Like, but seriously. It's like, oh, we love Destiny's Child. And then I don't know where it's like, Queen Bee, yeah. which is great. Don't Queen Bee me. If you don't have someone in, in your life that isn't further along or, or I don't want to say better because nobody's better, but Mm -hmm. further along, more successful, Mm -hmm. go find that. Yeah. Because she's going to, hopefully if she's the right person in your life, she's going to grab you, right. And pull you up out of that hole and guide you and mentor you. That's, it's part of community. It's part of belonging. So retrospect's really good for me. You ever have those, especially as an empath, you ever have those moments where you're like, I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why this is happening. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. It's not even two months later, it you get comes to, to play fruition. it back. It comes to fruition. And you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Oh, that's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the moments that I struggle with the most. Because How I'm so? like, well, I'm like... I'm kind of like difficult with myself. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be here for a reason. Just breathe. Like this is what we're doing. Even the hard lesson, you know, the good lessons aren't going to feel as good as the hard lessons. You need to look at yourself. Like I can't, I have to consistently say it to myself because my ego's like, mm-hmm. it's fuck it. Move on. No, it's not like fuck it. Move on. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde. Like one day oh. my ego's like, Hey, higher self. I'm right. with you. We're going to do this together. And the next day my ego's like, Hey, higher self. I'm going to pretend to be you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pretend to be you talking to Cheyenne. So like my <laughs> ego will even trick me into like bypassing things or like, I'm like, okay, hire software. We're supposed to be here for a reason. And then you, I, I call him a he cause it's a masculine energy. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he comes in and he's like, nah, fuck that. You ain't got to do that. <laughs> and my default setting is to be a lazy shit sometimes. Well, you're human. Yeah. Your default is ego. Yeah. Yes. And it's not bad. But if I go, but like, if I go back to that, so, okay, so I'll tell my husband conversations I have between the devil and the angel on my shoulder. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <laughs> I was on the phone with him yesterday and he said, your, your ego it has a bunch of different voices I found out. He's like, one sounds like your mother. One's a very tricky best friend with about four, <laughs> four inch long fingernails that flips her dreads. <laughs> and the other one is just this dude that's like, bruh. Don't, don't forget about on. your inner child. Yeah, which the inner child, yeah, she's great, but she actually still hasn't talked yet. Like, she does, but it's telepathy. So, like, she she comes... She's not found yeah, her voice. She she still comes she's up still and shy. she's just like... I'm here. Yeah, she does a shoulder shrug. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I'm I'm still really good at knowing what I need to be healed as far as a, a humble, a centered, this is what I'm learning thing. Yeah. And then my ego still comes in and they're just like, nah, bro, you're yeah, good. Just, just keep moving just on. Keep you're feeling good. You're feeling good. But that's when you have to like look at your journey and go, okay, do I really need healed from this or have I really healed and everything's cool and move on, right? Because sometimes when you're doing the work, you overanalyze every part of your journey. Like, oh, wait. Oh wait, do I need to? I need to examine this. Do I need to heal from that? Do I really? Do you? That's have why your ego comes for someone understanding and knowing. This is something I need to heal from still, and this is something that I need to acknowledge and understand that I'm good. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's I, a lot of that is is revealed at retreats based on the process that I take them through through those retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is really just like okay. Is that, how is that, how is this, how is this, um, I'm trying to think of an example of an unhealed part of somebody. Abandonment. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. How is this abandonment showing up in my life today? Or is it, right? So do I say things like, no, it's fine. I got it. I can do it myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, trauma response. Yeah. Super hardcore. Then I probably need to heal. Or if it's, you know, I got, I was molested as a child. And I'm, you know, super overprotective of my daughter. Like, don't sit on Santa Claus's lap. Mm-hmm. Probably need to be healed, mm-hmm. right? Because you're projecting that onto her, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you, there's, that's kind of a checklist that I, I, I encourage women, obviously. I do work with a few men, but my process is the same with them. Right. They have the same issues that we have. They right. have, they have, I'm not worth it, or I'm not worthy. They have, I'm not enough. They have abandonment issues. They're emotionally stunted. But here's the thing, here's the thing, it's all shame, right, and shame washes over women much differently than it washes over men, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. so. I think they can still hide it in um, a toxic form of masculinity. Well, here's the thing, society, always fucking society, has told men, (laughs) no, don't cry, don't show your emotions, provide, yep, you know, status in the career, Coach your kids on the baseball field, football field, whatever. Mm-hmm. Make sure your son's a man, right? Not a wussy. Right. But what what ever. what does that look like, right? So I had one of my clients. She, I was I was coaching them as a couple, and he says, you know, Kendra, you're always touting, be vulnerable, be raw, be real, show your vulnerability. And every time I fucking do that at home, she beats the shit out of me. The only time I can be real and vulnerable are with my with my my, my peers that are men because they get it. What? What? Right? So shame washes over men much differently than it does women. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes women are shaming their husbands. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you crying? Right? So that's that's work. It's just different work. Yeah, when but I see my husband process. cry, I cry. Oh, I love it. I'm like, yeah. are you crying right now? He's like, yeah, I was like, that's super cute. And like, I'm, I'm more of like a dude about it. He's like, are you crying? I'm like, no, I just saw him in both my eyes. Right. I just, I just, yeah. Yeah. Or like, I'll yeah. go change the trash. That's what we say mm-hmm. in our family. We'll just, uh, yeah, I'm going to go change the trash. Oh my gosh. Right so funny. But see, even that you're like, you're hiding I mean, that vulnerability yeah. and vulnerability is super so, tricky. Um, let's see. Vulnerability and forgiveness are the, the two biggest words. And then in my adult life mm-hmm. and in my inner child, it would go back to, um, abandonment mm-hmm. issues and not feeling good enough. Mm-hmm. And then if my parents hear this episode, <laughs> they're going to tell me 
you know, <laughs> why would you ever feel that way? We love you, yeah. yada, yada, yeah. yada. And I'm like, I know. Like, but it's if you not go back you. to, right, right. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to times in your childhood that that is where the abandonment issues came from, those are the things that you have to heal from, right? Mm-hmm. So I, when I think of abandonment issues, for me, I'll be vulnerable for a minute. I think back at like, now I know my mom loved me. Like I have, when I think about being a kid, I felt so safe. I can, I remember the feel of her hand in my hand. Mm-hmm. I remember just, I mean, I just, it just the physical feeling of just feeling so loved and protected. But I was also told I was a difficult child. Well, that's because I was fucking smart. Yeah. Dramatic, theatrical, drama. Just just too much. I was just a lot. And I was one of of four. And I was your typical middle child, right? So my oldest sister, she got spoiled because she was the oldest. My brother got spoiled because he was the golden one. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And then my younger sister got spoiled because she was the youngest. My mom was hardest on me. I mean, super hard on me. I can tell you story after story after story. I love you, Mom. But I remember there was one night. This was my parents were still together. And my mom, it was like a Friday night. Lived in a small town. And they were going to go to 7-Eleven and get snacks. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Big deal for my family. From a 7-Eleven and get snacks. I couldn't tell you how old I was. Maybe 10-ish. Maybe 9, 8. I don't know. So I'm going to get my tennis shoes on. I'm going to go to 7-Eleven. I'm going to get me a, I don't know what I'm going to get. Slushy, slushy, yeah. Weren't those called quite... slushies? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get me a slushy, and my mom goes, "Oh, Kendra, I want you to stay home. I'm just going to take the other kids." And I was like, "The fuck?" Yeah, I was like, "That's fucked up." What? Just what? tell me what you want, and I'll get you what you want. <laughs> and you know, as you difficult the experience, yeah. And I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm using my my air quotes. As difficult of a child as I was, I remember going, I I felt gutted at the time, but I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. She leaves, and my father looks at me. I've never told the story out loud. My father looks at me, and she goes, she hates you. He says, she hates you. <gasps> Thank you so much for being vulnerable enough to share that, but yep. that literally just yeah. pierced. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. I don't remember how I felt. I don't. But now that I have the education that I have, the experience that I have, the knowledge that I have, the training that I have, I look back at that, and if you draw a circle, I do this a lot in my classes, if you draw a circle on a board and you put a line straight through it, you have your conscious and you have your subconscious. Anything between zero and 12 goes straight to your subconscious. The tricky part about your subconscious is it doesn't know the truth, the difference between a truth and a lie. So I was zero to 12 when he tells me my mom hates me. I remember mom came home, and I must have been pretty withdrawn, pretty... Disassociated? Probably. Okay. Probably pretty, Yeah. Low vibes. Maybe sad. I don't know. I don't, I can't, I I don't know. I don't remember the feeling. But she took me in the bathroom and she asked me, what is wrong? Okay, now hindsight being 2020 and I'm I'm a woman and I have the education that I have, the training that I have, good mom moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She took me off privately. Mm -hmm. Good mom moment. And she said, what is wrong with you? And so I told her. Also, brave, courageous Mm -hmm. kid moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because dad's going to tell your dad something. He's (laughs) in big fucking trouble. They were toxic and and ridiculous anyway. But I remember she just wrapped me in her arms and she's like, I do not. I do not. I love you so much. So when you talk about abandonment issues, you might, you know, unearth some of that. But some women are just like, I don't know where it comes from. I have an obsession with now the journey which obviously is probably why this is here too, because we're like, we're obsessed with finding people who want to 
find themselves. Yeah. How are you getting there? Yeah. Like, let's, let's help each other because it looks super overwhelming at first when one, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and think of just anybody that you've hurt even before you look at yourself. Yeah. You're like, Hey, maybe we're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. That's really hard because mm-hmm. your ego wants to be like, no, you, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You're the victim. You, yes. No, you're fucking not. Yeah. No, you're not. I mean, you had a choice, but that doesn't give you an excuse to stay a victim. Correct. My favorite yeah. thing. Get out of that. Mm-hmm. So my favorite thing, um, I'm not a life coach, but I have found out that I hope one day to be either helping some or be able to be a panel speaker at one because when things like that come up, I always, what hit me was what happened to you is not your fault, but your healing is your job and your responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. And what you do with it is your responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like before that had ever happened, it was just, um, limiting beliefs of the victim mindset. Well, Mm -hmm. you didn't go what I went through. So there's no way that you would know how I felt. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. But what you I went understand. through is no less, it, it's all relative. Yes. You know, when I get the ladies in a, in a group, you know, one lady will tell a story where she almost died. And then the next lady, she's, she's hurting just as bad because she's going through a divorce. And she's like, but you had cancer and you almost died. And I'm sad because I went through a divorce. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Right. Your childhood was of, of constant suicidal thoughts. My childhood was. I don't know myself. My parents are divorced. I lie about everything because I don't know who the fuck I am. Um, I was a tomboy. People think I'm gay. I mean, all of these things, that's no more of a painful childhood than you had, Mm -hmm. right? And once women realize that their circumstance or their their experiences are all relative, Mm -hmm. and we can just say, me too. Mm -hmm. Right? You talked about interrupting a lot, right? If you could practice just listening to listen and then just saying... Me too. You'd learn so much more about people. Mm-hmm. I used to be just like that. I want to just tell a story because it's so relative. I'm not one-upping the person. No, you just yeah, want to share. I just want to share. I want to share. I want to connect mm-hmm. with you. But when right. I'm being vulnerable and I'm like, oh, and I'm being vulnerable and I'm so brokenhearted and I'm sharing the story of this, you know, this painful journey I'm on that I don't know, you know, I don't know if I want to change my career or not change my career. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm in turmoil and, and you want to tell me a story, I just wanted you to hear. I, sometimes I just need to hear me too, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the mm-hmm. most powerful thing you can say to another woman. Mm-hmm. Now, there are times where, um, you know, I'll be in it with a lady and I'll, I'll just like, oh, me too. And she'll be like, really? How? Yeah. Oh, good. Let me show you my experience. Right. Mm-hmm. But unless I'm invited to, but that's take, that takes training, that takes education. I mean, that's why I do what I do. There are times where I encourage women to share their wisdom, but if she's in that breakdown moment, just sharing that me too perspective is so powerful. Mm -hmm. That goes back to shame though, right? We all want to share our experience. I get it. Well, it's like when you, I just picture like when the group starts and the lady with cancer starts it, like, does everybody else repick a story? (laughs) I know. And they do. They'll they'll (laughs) say this. They'll be like, well, I was going to talk about this, but I mean, she about died of cancer, so... Yeah, what I felt. No. Yeah. I, I redirect. I'm like, that. no, what, 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 why what are you here? You? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're valid. You're just as valid as cancer. Just as valid as cancer. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. as valid as cancer. So it's tough because I think that's how we, you know, we grow up, you know. Well, my 
my pregnancy was harder. Right. My childhood was. I was didn't way have an epidural. There's that. Good for you, okay. bitch. <laughs> I'm so happy for that. you. I chose to have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you chose know? to be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> my childhood was harder raising my children. Yeah. So there's, there's, it's just yours. Yeah. You're yeah. not allowed mm-hmm. to have feelings because either one, I've already been through it and you'll be fine. Which is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> yes, I hate that shit. I hate that. I've already mm-hmm. been through it. Trust me, you'll be fine. Oh my God, let me just kill myself right now so you can live the rest of my life. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for your time mm-hmm. and the live. Yeah. Yeah. So oftentimes when I'm with my kids and they'll tell me a story, I'll go, okay, wait a minute. Do you want me to just listen? Do you mean to give advice? Right. Or do you mean to get involved? So I let them pick. Mm-hmm. I do have to do Absolutely. that if I have a friend that calls. And they're or like, a friend. They're like, hey, uh, I need one of those Cheyenne talks. And I'm like, when you say, sh- I was like, when you say Cheyenne talk, do you need Who me am to- I? Do you need me to punch you in your dick with the truth that you don't want to see? Do you just want me to listen and nod my head over the phone and go, everything's going to be okay? Or, like, what What do you want? I'm going to need you to set the tone for this because I'm always going for the dick punch. Same. <laughs> That's going to help you. Right. No, it's not. Because they're not hearing you in that moment. 100%. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to get pissed off, and then they're going to find reasons not to have this I'm Cheyenne I'm saying these combat. people are my inner circle. Yes. They know who they're calling. <laughs> okay, this isn't a client that hasn't figured out that I'm not buying your fucking victim mentality. But, but this clients are right This is my true best friend that's yes. like, I know you're going to punch me in the dick. That's why I called you. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. now we're on the same mm-hmm. page. Yeah. Now I know how to listen to your story. Yes. Yes. And that is a strength you got to establish that. Yes. yes. Well, one of my biggest things that I found out from another guest was, um, she's like, you're open. Like, you can read people all the time. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, and I have crossed some boundaries. And I did not mean to. And she's like, if you're going to be open all the time, you're going to have to figure out a better way to get consent. And I was like, mm. damn. She's mm. like, no woman you bump into Walmart wants to hear about herself because you can pull it down from the higher heavens for her. She has to give you consent first. And I was like, damn, Gina, I thought I was out here just fucking helping. And she's like, some days you're not. And I was like, I, ouch, needed yeah. that. You know, because like, I, my intent is pure. Sure. You know, yeah. I'm just like, but I just want to help people. But I also don't want to run around like a Long Island medium. Yeah. Like, I'm in, I'm in New Jersey waiting on, you know, the meat cutter to, and, hey, did you have an aunt die two weeks ago? They are fucking ready for that, lady. Yeah. So I, I was like, do I want to be the Long Island medium or do I want to be like Connie from the New Age Center? Where <gasps> if they come to her and they're like, hey, my relative needs you. Mm-hmm. She looks straight back up at that spirit and she goes, good, send her to me. Right. Because I'm not chasing anybody. Yep. Yep. So between those two women, I was like. Dang, I just found a new boundary for myself. Well, and you know, we all have a light within us, mm-hmm. right? So I've, I've found my light. You've got a light. You've got a light. If you have a light, why are you chasing people? A lighthouse is meant for people to come to you. I just wrote a book about a lighthouse Did you for really? kids. Yeah. About shining exactly the way uh-huh. you're supposed to shine. Yeah. So not I tell that to my kids. Too bright. Yep. I always tell my kids, you know, you are a beacon of light. Mm-hmm. Never let anyone dim your shine. Ever. I love that you say that. When you said it, it, it was the song that we learned in church, uh, This Little Light of, of Mine. mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time someone talks about that. The lighthouse is also my reference. I've referenced it a lot in poetry with, like, 
oh, my light's right now so I can attract anybody or like even where is my lighthouse to draw me in? Mm -hmm. I'm about to crash on these rocks if, right. if you, that light right. doesn't show up. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and I, my sister brought me sand from Destin, Florida. I use sand in my meditations if I really just want to project myself somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Destin, Florida has the like perfect sand. So instead of a Zen garden, I just put my whole hand in the sand and close it. And I'm like, I'm on the beach. Have you read <laughs> where that sand comes from? What, Destin? Uh-huh. Are you about to fuck me up right now? Uh-uh. <laughs> so we went to Fort Walton Beach, I was like, which is the I same sand. I to touch this? Same that's where I'm getting at. <laughs> Crystals. Okay, that makes me feel so is much better. Go read on it. Is, is it, it like quartz? Beach? It's quartz. That would make sense because it's so powdery and fine. I have to go there. I thought you were going to tell me like they pulled it out of an elephant's ass or something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no, I'm like, all natural. <laughs> From there... I read it when we were there, mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I have to go put my feet back in that now that I know. Yeah, I've always felt so good and so mm -hmm. centered, and I'm obsessed with sharks, and I saw my first real live shark at there. feeding appropriate time, or not supposed to get in the water. Feeding appropriate times for not getting in the water with sharks, PSA, is if the sun is dropping, birds are diving down to get food, or again, the sun is setting, it means sharks are going out to feed. And they actually draw closer into the shore into because the, shore. the currents are moving mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. That's my shark PSA. <laughs> I have to add that in. Because um, I'm also terrified of sharks, which is also what keeps me out of water. Mm. Yeah, I, I go to the beach and I let the waves hit almost up to my feet. And I go, thank you, God. But I'm going to stay That's part of now. this food chain. Mm -hmm. Okay, but who hasn't had that big amethyst geode that you can sit inside of and they close the door and like... I haven't I, done that. No, no, I want. Like every time I see that, I'm like, oh, I need that. I know. But I think sitting on the beach at Destin would be just like enveloping in crystals yeah. just yeah. as much. I totally yeah. get why people bury themselves in the sand there now. Because yeah. I slept I I don't slept think on they that know. beach. Right. You think? I, no. I didn't know. You guys didn't know. Mm -hmm. No. Is it Ibiza or Ibiza? Do you yeah. guys know the pronunciation? The I'm, country? I don't know. Okay. Belize. I know Belize. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ibiza, Belize. Ibiza, however you want to say mm -hmm. it. Um, I am pretty sure that the whole like country, the underneath of it is rose quartz. Mm -hmm. And that's why they said it's so creative. The, the culture is so full of love and yada 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 mm -hmm. when i found that out i was like i would give up i want to go, go i want to go yes i want to go i just added it to the list so if you like destin try fort walton it's across that bridge mm -hmm. and it's just a little less touristy and a little more laid back is mm -hmm. it the same sand yeah perfect mm -hmm. yeah. that's how i, I do. love the sand yeah. um but yeah sand awesome she brought the sand back. I found a little thing. <laughs> I found. See how bad we are at tree branching? Yep. Welcome to our coffee yep, talk. It's growing um, It's this little glass thing that kind of looks like a makeshift lighthouse. So I put the sand in it. I put um, a bunch of crystals in it, um, a sage stick, and the little thing in it says, be the light, be the lighthouse. So every day I get it for work doing all my shit mm -hmm. and I look over at this thing one I look at it every day because my sister brought me the sand so now it's considered a Shana trinket oh. and everything my sister gives me breathes on recommends it is a holy word for me now so at this point. funny yeah um so yeah I have my little lighthouse at home you wrote a book about a lighthouse and you're over here being a lighthouse <laughs> and then being like hey you're a beacon of light and I remember being sarcastic with people years ago when I was working in corporate. And I was like, I just want to be a fucking beacon of light. Shit. 
And I would just be pissed about it. And you I, were. Yeah, because I was pissed at myself because I was like, you know you have a lot of work to do. You know that your purpose is more than this. And you, like, you can be better than what you're being right now. Yeah. So it's Do you like, know what your purpose is? Yeah, I think we talked about it, like, on our episode. And I always say, like, are you the guru? Are you the student? And I'm like, I think I'm the ticket taker. I think I just stand in a doorway and I just find lost people because I'll go to Walmart and like three people could mm-hmm. come up to me and they're like, mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel like telling you my story. Mm-hmm. You're so safe. Mm-hmm. And it was like a big joke to me for the longest time because my family would even notice it. Yeah. They're like, wow, like people just come to you. And I'm like, I love, I love people. Um, but I would like, I would talk to them and as they were like telling me their story, I'd be getting instructions on what I was supposed to tell them back. Sure. At that time I thought it was me. I was like, damn, you're an old soul Cheyenne. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm just a vessel. It's never us. We're just a vessel. I'm just a vessel for the divine. I ask you because I can normally, when I hear people's stories, that's, I mean, at the root of everything I do, I help women Mm -hmm. find their purpose. Mm -hmm. So I ask you if you know your purpose, because usually when people are telling me their stories, gift i know their purpose do you know our purposes i'm not sure on yours i haven't heard enough of your story but i know cheyenne's purpose. so the tricky thing about my story is i have two timelines mm-hmm. and i have uh, my mom's life and my dad's life so even when i'm like yeah i struggled with suicide my whole life that is so like this is reality this is what i'm living and i'm living my own inside reality here uh-huh. so again when i'm like picturing my family living to it they're like i had no idea that sure. cheyenne wanted to kill herself for 12 years right oh uh, how why wouldn't you come to me you know and it's just like i really never want to have those conversations with anybody mm-hmm. because i'm not speaking out so you can come back and tell me how you were always fucking there I'm speaking out because there's some girl somewhere, some boy, someone somewhere who feels the same way I did. And I want them to look at me and go, oh, thank God I'm not alone. Yeah. I never want anyone to feel as bad as I did. And I don't want anybody to even kill themselves. Mm -hmm. But there are, there are, Mm -hmm. there are girls and boys at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old now more than ever. I just looked at the research yeah. it's last week, now more than ever, attempting and completing. Fine. And completing mm-hmm. it. Suicide. Right. Yes. Um, it's awful. So, Wait, what's yeah. my life purpose? We're about yeah. to tree ranch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't tell. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I you love tell it. me. I promise not no. to tell. <laughs> I tell. Just tell me That's between, That's between me and God. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I, I don't, like, struggle with my purpose. I get distracted with it. Like, I still want to put on my hero cape, even with, like, all of this. Because I'm like, we're supposed to share. But it's not about us. I know. I'm like, I'm supposed to share. Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep this to myself. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, it's not time yet. Yep. So I'm like, okay, God feeds the birds, but he doesn't put the worm in the nest. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Thank you. I like that analogy, too. Andy Andrews quote. Oh, yes. Yeah. I went, so my stepmom actually took me to see him in, I don't know, like, 2009 or 2010. Something like that. Uh Um, And... I think there's a stigma with church events mm-hmm. where if someone invites you to a church event and you're not really a church going person, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm good. Like, okay. I know, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and I, I, in certain situations have been like forced to get over that. And then I was like, get over your fucking self. You yeah. can learn at church. You can like quit. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Mm-hmm. So I went to a women of faith conference in Kansas city that my stepmom was like, Hey, I signed you up for this. You're coming with me. 
And I was like, okay. And she, she was really good with like taking me places. Hey, we're going to go see this speaker. They're going to change your life. I think we both need this because we, our attachment was, I would tell her that I wanted to die because she too struggled with depression and suicide. Probably still you felt does. safe. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to tell you this because I don't want you to die. And I assume you don't want me to die. So we're like kind of in the suicide gang mm-hmm. together. Right. Um, and she, she pulled me into church events is probably the best way I would say it. Uh, Andy Andrews was the speaker there and, uh, I was sitting there really lost at the time. And I was like, I'm not an adult yet. None of these adults are telling me when it's going to be okay. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody's being vulnerable with me mm-hmm. and I'm being vulnerable with them. And then they're just like, Oh, you'll figure it out. Everything's fine. Just say your prayers. <laughs> and then we like leave, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I need a step one, mm-hmm. step two, mm-hmm. step mm-hmm. one, step two. Um, so he's sitting here and he's talking about how he wrote this book and he got, uh, turned down by like 20 publishers back to back to back to back to back over and over for years. But before that he was like a couch surfer and for lack of a better term, just against the grain type personality. So I perk up immediately. Right. Because I feel like in the next couple of years, couch surfing will also be a part of my future. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a vagabond. Oh my God. I don't know my place. And everybody around me is telling me, oh, you better hurry up and find your place so you can grow up. And I was just like, I just want, I just can't figure this fucking shit out to save my life. I can't do it. Um, And he's sitting here and he goes, you know what I forgot about? I forgot about time. It's, it's not my timeline. It's God's. So God's just going to sit here and he's just going to look at me while I just go and spin and spin and spin. And then one day... You know, the book deal came in. He goes, now I have celebrities call me. Yeah. And they need me to come just talk to them. He mm-hmm. goes, I'm honestly not good at anything but talking fast. And it took me a long Humble. time to figure it out. This this man's just like kind of pouring his heart out on the stage. But everybody, he says it comedically. Mm-hmm. And I would do that too. I was like, I'm really good with kind of joking about my vulnerabilities like that. To still seem relatable to people. And yeah, draw that's self-deprecation. People. Yeah. yeah, you like draw them in. And then you find the one that's fucked up as you, and you're like, can we go have a one-on-one? Yeah, let's go off to the side here. (laughs) We're not as fucked up as these people. You and me. Um, He said, yeah, like the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's not my time. Mm -hmm. I want to be something so big right now, Mm -hmm. and I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. I feel better. And then he was like, God, don't put the worm in the nest. And he just said it like, uh, yeah. And then the whole crowd of like 40,000 people just lit up. And yes. I, I read it. I wrote it down like in the journal that day, but I used it consistently. Mm-hmm. It's 2021 now. And, I'm, and you just used it. I use it and now. And I was like, and oh, I, I love it that. Work. Yeah. Yeah. I use it all the time. And then I have to let people know it's him because he um, wrote two novels at the time that we had gotten into. And when I read them, they just changed my life. Mm-hmm. He talked to you about personalities and how he catered them to, um, are you... Are you like a canary, a dog, a fish, or a cat? And you have two personalities. He's like, I'm a bird and a dog, and my wife is a cat and a fish. (laughs) And then he would like break all of them down. I wish that I had the paper to explain what the personalities are, but you can Google them. And I was like, I'm a bird. Oh my God, I'm a cat. I'm a dog. I'm kind of a fish too. Shit. And I realized that I had put myself in a box for so long that how could I discover who I was unless I started breaking all of these boundaries that I 
put, put on yourself. Into. Yep. Yeah. So I'm sitting outside having an epiphany and I'm like, man, I am just kind of living wrong, huh? This is awkward to have this conversation. And I just like look up at the sky and I'm just like, Lord, I really like it here in Kansas City. I have no idea why, why or how I could ever get here at this point. I've already feel like I fucked up my life. Clearly my stepmom does too. Cause I'm, <laughs> she brought me here. She brought me here. You know, it's like, bring your center. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like the one I was like, I know why you brought me. I know why I'm here. Um, and then about three years later, I got an opportunity and got to move to Kansas city. And as soon as I took oh. the offer, I got shot back to that moment where I was sitting on that bench, yep. looking up at the sky, lost of shit. Yeah. I don't know why. I just know that I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm disconnected. Yeah. And kind of just brings it all back full circle, which brings me back to, um, like the core values thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I started tattooing stuff on myself at a younger age when I had those epiphanies. Um, so I tattooed karma on my wrist when I was 18 mm. because I just felt like it was always holding me back. And it was also, it wasn't something that our religion talked about or believed in because we only believe in like one eternal life and then you go to heaven and hell and all that fun stuff. Right. And I was like, that just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that I only get this amount of time to do this. And then like, I'm just fucked. I'm out of the game. I only get to run around the track one time. I was like, it just doesn't make sense to me. What feels good to me. What feels good to me is the idea that I'm here to learn these lessons and then I'm here to learn these lessons and maybe if I don't learn everything, I don't think that I can learn everything at once. Like I'm and not, we can't learn everything at once. Not, it has to be in steps and pieces. Yeah. It has to. But in my mind, and I couldn't tell you, you know, who built this stuff up, but I was just like, I have to learn to be a good person. I have to be a successful career person. I have to have a lot of money. Society. I have to have a house. Mm -hmm. I have to have all of, I have to mm -hmm. learn all of this. And I think I only get roughly 70, 80 years if yeah. I take care of myself right. Holy shit. This is a lot pressure. of pressure. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I don't feel that way anymore, but I know that karma was with me and it was that like that word that was like, it's okay. And it felt mm -hmm. good to me mm -hmm. and it did break me away from my family because I'm not going to sit at the table and talk to you about it, mm -hmm. but I tattooed it on me and it was controversial because the old Testament says that you don't blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. And then a couple weeks after this was actually supposed to be lyrics, but, um, epiphany is the thing that saved my life. Um, whether some God used another person to be that vessel and give that to me, it's always been like the, I can sense them when they're coming and I know when they have happened mm -hmm. and that I needed this moment. So I was like, karma and epiphany, just, those are my bread. Those are my breads. I'm going to hang it. out with them forever. So mm -hmm. I tattooed them. And I've always had them. And then, um, all the other things are just life lessons that I've consistently added. Um, some people would say there's conflicting beliefs and religions on me. If you talk to the wrong person <laughs> <laughs> is what I've got. Cause up. you're like picking and you're yeah. like right here. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. I'm like, like technically I have uh, Hinduism and pages that were ripped out of the Catholic Bible because day of epiphany used to be a celebration in Catholicism and Christianity. And then in one year, I'm not for sure. We ripped it out of the Bible. I have no idea why it was an actual celebration. Interesting. Yeah. 
because I just typed in epiphany, the word epiphany in the Bible one day because right. I was trying to connect everything. And I and was like, found that. I was like, wow, it's such a beautiful concept. Why would we rip it out? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept going. So like I have the comprehensive analysis of the Bible. It's a quote called ignorance of man that I tattooed under here. So if people actually see my stuff, they're like, what does your arm say? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, it just says uh, for we are but of nothing and know nothing because our time on earth is a shadow. And, and are they like, they're like, you're a really deep person. And you're like, yep, I I'm am. Like, I'm super deep. Come along. Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking consent. Do you want me to have a conversation with Can you? Can I go on? Yeah. So I had a guy at work the other day who came up to me and he said, hey, I noticed you're kind of not talking to me as much anymore. And I said, well, I know you don't want to be here anymore. So I just removed myself from the situation because every time I walk in your studio, I'm not the type of person that I can't talk about the elephant in the room. And if you don't want me to talk about it, that's fine. But I'm not going to come and pretend with you. Yep. And he's, Love just, it. he's just like, Ugh. and I was like, what do you want me to do? I was like, I feel the negative energy that you put off and you as a pastor believe that you don't give off that energy and mm. I can't absorb it. I was like, I looked at him and I said, it's a God-given gift to have intuition. And I'm not special. You have it too. I said, you felt a vibe that I wasn't coming around you as much. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And you could tell he didn't really want to learn the lesson with me. He was just like, oh, you know, because I'm a young into him. Mm-hmm. That's his block. You're young. You don't know shit. You're only 30. Wait till you're 70. Wait till you're this age. Wait till you're this age. And I'm like, I'm not waiting for nothing. Right. That same Bible you're trying to smack me over the head with, flip it to, I wish I knew the quote, but it talks about, don't despise me for my youth. Right. I should have tattooed that on my hand mm-hmm. so I could be like, meh, 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 every time you talk to me. <laughs> because I'm trying to learn from you and not from a respect your elder standpoint. I'm just, I'm just here to learn from anybody. Yeah. You could be my idol or you can be my auntie Share that wisdom. Just let me know because there's a lesson in all this. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I meet someone that I can't know something because I didn't cross an age threshold. Bullshit. You got me fucked mm-hmm. up. I am about to just take my earrings mm-hmm. out. Pack like, your lunch. Woo. Yep. You want to, you didn't like the nice version of me? Okay. <laughs> let me just stoop on down to you. Yep. Um, what was I going to say after that? (laughs) I was going to transition to one of the funniest things you said on our interview, um, was when you picked up on the fact that just women are assholes to each other for no Mm -hmm. freaking reason. And that's kind of like how I felt in that moment is even if you're not meeting to project that energy or, you know, don't be mean to people because they have no idea what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you're still kind of like, why are you being an asshole Mm -hmm. to me? And then you talk to him and you're like, oh, so you weren't being an asshole to me. You were actually projecting all of your insecurities and unhealed issues and trauma onto me. Mm-hmm. This literally has nothing to do with me. So now I need to go check my self-worth because I looked at you randomly for some weird camaraderie right. or worth mm-hmm. from just the way that you treat me. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for the lesson. Right. Thank you so much. But I always crack up because I, in air quotes, it says, um, women stop being assholes to each other. You know, that mean girl mentality. Mm -hmm. So to you, what is the mean girl mentality? Well, when, when I, when you were, I go back to a situation in my mind. I had, I can't remember what it was called. It's not a women's fair, but it was a, it was a big event. 
it was at the, 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 the art museum that's there on 13th and rock. I know what you're talking about, but what is, is that it? Mark name? arts? No. Yes. It is Mark arts. Yes. Okay. So there was an event there. I'm an introvert, hundred percent an introvert. I do really well in big crowds, but it's a skill I had to learn. Right? I was in sales for 15 years. It's, it's something yeah, I had to learn. And I'm really good about it, good at it. When people are, you're an introvert? Yep. I would rather sit over in that corner. With a nice fat book. Yep. 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 So. Well, and I think we have to clarify being an introvert. Oh. My bad. Oh, was I not? You were. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think we have to in, um, clarify that being an introvert doesn't mean you can't. Be extroverted. It Correct. means how do I get my energy? energy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I get my energy from yeah. my solitude. Yeah. Me too. So, and then, you know, it's so funny because I'll, I'll see memes. It'll be like, oh, I'm really an extrovert or I'm really an introvert. I never knew I was an introvert. I just, no, bitch, you're still an extrovert. Yeah. You get energy from being around people. <gasps> but I really love to recharge. You recharge, right? So they're both in you. Yes. You don't yes, have yes. to be, you don't have to label yourself no. once again, Mm-mm. but I am an introvert. I mean, I just, <laughs> I, my core is the same way. Yeah. It's there, like, when I used to go to social events, sweat under my arm. I mean, yes. it was, it was complete and utter anxiety. I had a friend of mine ask me, what's it like inside your brain? I'm like, the walls close in on me. I can't, I'm panicking. It's a huge anxiety. Did you also fit. figure it out? It's because you were processing all the, mm-hmm. like you walked into a room open and then like just yep. all oh, this stuff all just the started energy. going mm-hmm. through yeah. you. And you're like, hi, Tom. And Tom's like, hi, Kendra. And then you hear in the back of your head, he's like, I'm feeling really insecure too yeah. here. I yeah. don't have a big penis. Yeah. <laughs> Something stupid <laughs> like that. And you're like, Tom, size doesn't matter. Go get a drink. You know, and you just walk on by. That's like the boundary thing I'm talking about. Yes. You know, yes, it's, yes, just, yes, it's just yes, like, yes. do you want me to have this conversation with you? Okay, I'll really try. I know. And the small talk is hardest for me. Small talk. I'm really super hard awkward for me. with small talk. Yeah. But um, so I developed this skill over a number of years of like, I can rock a fucking crowd. It's whatever. And I, I appear to be very, and I am confident. So it's not even an appearance, but. I can now walk into a room with a smile and confidence and women find that very intimidating. Mm-hmm. That's not my fucking problem. Right. I'm not doing that Who to make you feel. She yeah, is. I'm not doing that to make you feel insecure. I'm trying to exercise my confidence. Fuck off. It's not about you, bitch. Right? Mm-hmm. So I love that you're still love and light, but you're like, fuck you. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I am too. And yes. I really struggled with set the with that being my mm-hmm. identity. But I grew, right? Yes. You can't just be like love and light and fuck you. You really have to mean that. You know, I've got a lot of people that are like, I'm like you, I'm I'm love and light and fuck you too. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. But it's okay. You, we'll get you there, sweetie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's this event. I don't remember what it was, but there's like an auction there. There's, I mean, it's all women. Tons of wonderful food there. It's kind of bougie. Totally not my thing. But a friend of mine invited me, and so I want to go. And you know what? I thought, I, I really invite and encourage my clients to get out of their comfort zone. I have to live the same thing. So, okay, I'm going to go. She wants to meet me there. The, the younger person of me or the, the less, you know, the, the one that hadn't grown as much would have, like, completely fucking panicked. She wants me to meet her there. Fuck. 
that means I'm going to have to walk in all by myself. myself. Oh, I hate that feeling. Mm -hmm. I no longer hate that feeling. So I go, I go, and I remember I'm on the phone with a special friend, and I was like, where the fuck am I going to park? Normally at this point, I'm like, oh my God, I got to walk through the walk through the parking lot by myself but I'm feeling just like whatever mm -hmm. so I remember I get off the phone and I, I I start walking in and I remember shoulders back head high what are you afraid of sometimes we have the same thoughts and I just want to hug you yeah <laughs> like, so I remember you. walking into this building and I text her and I was like where are you at normally I'd have been like I'm gonna look like a fucking idiot looking for my friend oh my god another panic moment right so she's like, where are you at? I'm just walking in. So I find her. And I mean, this place is packed, full of women. Packed. And I'm like, I'm not even worried. And I'm getting looked at like this. Yes. Right? Do the people forget down. that their eyes close when they're looking up and down? Right. <laughs> like, are you, you, you right. know, I'm, I can see you. Right. The younger, less grow, person that hadn't grown so much mm -hmm. would have been like, Right, I would dull my shine. I need to shrink so they don't do that anymore. So they feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. mm. What a great lesson. That's mean girl mentality. Mm -hmm. They're trying to intimidate me with a you shouldn't walk so tall and confident. Mm -hmm. Why? How don't dare you know you? that I'm the person in this room? Right. right. Well, then be the person in this room. Put your shoulders back, bitch. Mm -hmm. Don't look me up and down like that. Mm -hmm. The rest of the night went that way. Now, when I got to my table, I saw my sister there, my older sister. And I was like, bitch, what are you doing here? She's like, what are you doing here? It was really cool to see. And she was like, oh, my God, you look so sexy. She's the most, she's the greatest thing. And I remember not really even trying to be cute that night. I just, I just was like, whatever. Confident, comfortable. But yeah, but I felt when she said, you look so sexy. And I can tell you what I was wearing, whatever. And the line to get food was like a mile long. And I was super hungry. And I'm like, I'm noting this in my body. I'm like, oh, you're hungry. That's good. You're not anxious. You don't give a fuck. Right? So I, I would get up. I'd go see about that line. Well, you had to, when you went, you had to kind of walk the line to be able to see where it ended. So you're walking a catwalk in front <laughs> yes. of these women. Yes. Yes. They're either not looking at me, or they're, or they're Women looking me up and down. Women have strong You yes. know that they saw you. You know they did. And I, I go back to my seat, and I was like, this is fucking rude. Now, I promise you, I'm not the only woman in the room that's getting looked at like that. Mm -hmm. But they're the only women looking at other women like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a small group of, it, it's not a small group, it's a large group of women. When do you give them your business card? <laughs> So I go back to the to my table and I was like, my God, I feel like this laser has mm -hmm. been just, my body should be on fire. My sister's like, everybody's looking you up and down right there. I'm like, yes, what in the actual fuck? So she goes, well, I have a bunch of your business cards. <laughs> I'm like, no. But I remember like leaving there unfazed by that. And that was a big moment for you mm -hmm. because... I can agree that I used to have all of those anxious thoughts. Mm -hmm. And the first time that I didn't was when I was walking into the metaphysical fair right before I met you. And as I was driving, I, instead of feeling like, oh my God, I've never drove here before. I hope I find it. I can't believe I have to go to this fair alone. All these people are going to look at me. All this stuff. I was like, it's really fucking hot out today. Oh, <laughs> I've never been to this side of town. This is awesome. Oh, where am I at? We're getting, oh, we're pulling out of the hotel. I've been here before. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, 
now I get ready to walk in. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to rock that shit. Yeah. And it was like, like it kept trying to come back in. It's like, did you know that you're going to walk in there alone? I'm like, did you know I'm going to shake my ass? So like even out loud, like I'm pulling the keys out of the ignition and I have this beautiful tie dye shirt that I wore. And I was like, you just, you just be a fucking beam of light. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to go in there. You don't know a fucking soul. And that's okay. That's okay. That is okay. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and, you know, obviously out. met <laughs> you. But, yeah, I, um, the first couple people I met, they went, you have such an inviting, loving, strong mm-hmm. energy about mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I've never seen you at any of these fairs before. Do you do any type of work? And I was like, just <laughs> working on myself. <laughs> you know? I'm like, no, I don't have a business. Um, I like, well, yeah, I had my tie dye business, but like a healing business. Yeah. Like they already thought that I was like a life coach or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, I just like being nice to people because I never want anybody to feel bad. So this is what happened. So at this event, I decided to flip the script because I get told so often that I'm unapproachable. That's funny. Well, maybe they think I'm unapproachable. So as I would work the room, I'd be like, hi, oh my God, your earrings are so cute. My favorite thing to oh, do. Oh, I love and your necklace. Genuine. But it was for real. Yes. Right. Like, I really love the bitch's earrings. Yes. I really, and you know what happens? Because I'm a firm believer, what we put out. will come back. We get back. That night shifted for me. Instead of me like going, huh, I'm owning myself and these bitches are just looking me up and down. Uh-uh. I got to change something. I need to change the energy of this building. How can I do that? I can put that positive vibe out there. I can look and smile. And because I have been told my whole life, when you smile, people feel at ease. So I think a song just popped in my head. It's like, when about a you smile. smile, the world smiles back. But it could also be like a Seinfeld skit. You might have I'm just made that you, up. It's just started. <laughs> You're like, when you smile, it's this older, just smoke den voice. Like, the world smiles so funny. back. And it's so kind of cheesy, funny. but I just wanted to yep. throw that in there. So I, I just shifted the energy of... of of my space in that building. And I had it, I read, I had an enjoyable evening. I didn't overstay. I didn't, I didn't over conversate. I was just, you know, I try to be very centered and lead from the center and follow from the center. Cause if you go too far left or you go too far right, you abandon yourself. Mm-hmm. So I just stayed in that space. And then I remember the next day, this can be a learning moment for other women. And I did this long story on it on my Instagram about my, my experience and how, Shift it. Don't be the woman that's looking you up, looking people up and down. Be the woman that says, oh my God, I really like your bun. Oh my God, what a cute outfit. Oh my God, your shoes are really cute. Pretty tan. What? A, find something to compliment her about if you're looking her up and down. If you're not, smile at her and let her walk the fuck by. Mm-hmm. So I love the shift the energy though because I feel like a lot of people just feel like they're stuck with the circumstances at the time that they have. They don't feel like they can do anything. Victim. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's victim mentality. Do you think that it's also a society mentality too? Well, I think society trains us. Trains yeah. us to be victims. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They want us that. And, you know, that's that's also letting Satan do his work. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to be confident. He doesn't want us to, to, to walk in our purpose. He doesn't want us power. to get along. Right. right. And in our power. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And it feels good to be a victim. I mean. I mean, if, if you're in the victimhood, once you get out of it. And you understand what it feels like to not feel like Mm -hmm. a victim. Mm -hmm. You don't need that validation. So I had a lady on my couch uh, a number of weeks ago. She finally came out of victimhood. And she was just victim, victim, victim. Crying, crying, crying. Victim, victim, victim. 
And I said, um, Jenny, how do you feel right now? And she's like, terrible. I feel sad. I feel lonely. I feel depressed. I feel this. I feel that. All of this negative, mm -hmm. all of these negative emotions. Okay. You don't like it, do you? It doesn't feel good, does it? No, but it's what I know. Okay, we'll know something different. Mm -hmm. What do you want to know? How do you want to feel? And then we walk through that backwards. Because honestly, when you, when you really get to the root of things, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. We have zero control over our circumstances, but we have 100% over our, 100% control over our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So am I going to continue to think I'm a victim of my circumstances? Am and I, I can't con change. Am I going to am I going to continue to think I can't change? Am I going to continue to think this is bullshit that it's happening to me? Or right? Or am I going to think about my circumstance? What can I do about this? How can I change the way I think about this? Because then that inevitably was going to change how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Then that's going to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to change your result. Mm -hmm. Changing the trajectory of your life. Mm -hmm. It's a really power. deep, yeah, it's a really mm -hmm. deep model that I take a lot of my clients through. But it is incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Because we can't change our circumstances. But we're letting our thoughts define us by our circumstances. So do you like mantras and affirmations? And if you do, do you use them in your daily life or in your retreats? Um, we do I am statements at our retreats. Love I am. Uh, because I feel like this. If a dog is told to sit over and over and over again, what's it going to do? Sit? So if you tell yourself, I'm not worth it, I can't get this job, my hair's shitty, I'm ugly, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, what are you going to do? You're going to succumb to those thoughts, right? So a lot of people think affirmations are super cheesy, but you have to believe them before you can say them. So I'm going to interject really mm -hmm. quick. I, when I started yoga and when I started affirmations, you do feel cheesy immediately. Totally. Yeah. And that's when the neuroplasticity yes. came in for me mm -hmm. and connected those yes. because I need a bridge Yes. Of spirit and science mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. not all the time but that to to start that habit I 100% needed that mm -hmm. because I was like well I mean I've already been hardwired this way so why in myself do I think that rewire I can't it. rewire it you can and then when I had that I was like oh this yeah is powerful it's stuff. so powerful so yes I at my retreats I there's five I am statements that I ask them to create and there's usually a a thing with them so I think one of them says one of them says trying to think of one of my ladies I am statements but usually I like it to have an action at the end of it so taking on the world one lady her I am statement was just the other day she said I am perfectly content and happy with where my life is now and I can't wait to see where it's going right it wasn't as powerful as I wanted it to be but I take them and I put them on steroids steroids as you should Mm -hmm. So yes, positive affirmations are huge. And if you're my client and you don't know your your uh, your I am statements and your core values, I'm probably going to get pretty tough on you. So I had a realization as you were talking, and uh, the part that it was like, like, how do you feel right now? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I feel really bad. That's all I know. And you're like, you know something different? Mm -hmm. Just the gut punch. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you're my sister. <laughs> So my sister, she does that. So my sister, one of the 
awesomest things that I that I keep and still use. We were just talking about how people are scared to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And like she was like, I get annoyed with people that like don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. She's like, why are you scared to ask a question? No's are free all day. Come at me. Yep. And my sister's a sergeant in the army. So oh, that's what wow. we were referring to yes. when she was like, I got all these people that think that I'm unapproachable just because I have RBF. She's like, I'm strong. I'm empowered. And I can help you if you can get past the fact that you think I'm not approachable. Yeah. She's like, I'll do it. Don't make me that. You. Don't make that my problem. Yes. She goes, oh, but man. nose are free all day. I know my boundaries. And if you fuck up, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, well, mm -hmm. you were talking and I was like. I need you to meet my sister. I need you guys to just talk to each other. Because <laughs> yeah, I would love her. Yeah, you do. You do. Like, I get Shayna vibes from you. Yeah, you know I, I mean? get a little, I mean, That's I'm not bullshit. of holy for me. Oh. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm no bullshit. You know, I'll call a client. I mean, I think I even might have written a post about it, but I don't know that I've had, I mean, if you look at the scope of my client list, there's hundreds of clients. Hundreds of, of people that I have worked with, whether it's in a group, a retreat, a summit, hundreds. But if I look at my my clients that I work with on a one-on-one, -on -one and I there's it's not hundreds, I don't know that there's maybe one or two that haven't left my office pissed. That means I'm doing something right. Just like in parenting, it's very, very true. But I love that you say that because I have found in some situations where they're like, lay it on me. Mm -hmm. And then you lay it on them. They're just like, Ugh. Mm -hmm. and that is still something that I have struggled with where I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, do you really want me to tell them that? Mm -hmm. Fuck. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you already see them like cut you off and shut down and blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, is there a way to make it easier for them to digest? And they're like, no, punch them in the dick. Yep. You know, I'm like, I still have confidence issues with that. So I love meeting you because now I feel like you're that person that's up ahead looking back going, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> they need to hear it. They need to hear I'm it. I'm like, wow, that is, that is a confidence that I actually have not mastered. Yeah. So thank you so much for mm -hmm. saying that. Because they're going to be better for it. They really Absolutely. are. You know, I had one lady even tell the story at a retreat. She said, I left her office and I was like, fuck you. And I was like, good. But you came back, didn't you? And you're here, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And what did you learn when you took your ego? Because we all wear masks. Mm -hmm. Take your fucking mask off, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, and that's just, that's that's really me allowing God to work through me for her. It's not about me. It's not the glory for me. But I also like that you're not sitting on a pedestal, not doing any work anymore, going, aha, I've achieved the answers. No, Read I'm my book. constantly working. Come to me. Mm -hmm. You don't gatekeep information. And you don't make people reliable on you to the point where they have to come back to you for their answers. No. You also empower them to learn it on their own. Like, hey, I'm here for you. Like, right. let me know. Right. But I'm not enabling you. No. I and I'm not, not giving you, you the answer. And I'm not. I'm never going to know my life purpose now. I'm just kidding. No, you will. <laughs> um, but I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, enable you or hold you back. Right. And I think that's beautiful yeah. because I do know that there are. There are people in uh, that type of business, mm -hmm. I don't even know what you call it, that they're like, oh, well, residual income means that you always need healing from me specifically. Right. And I, I don't believe that, like, I need a specific person in order to do, like, I can only go to her bio well machine because 
Desiree knows how to do it right and she gives me what I need. So if somebody else came in, I'm like, well, I can't, I can't go yeah. to them. Yeah. You know, like Desiree gives me the answers. She has the confidence to let me go and experience other Make things choices. and yeah. not be a gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. And then I also mm -hmm. come back to her and I'm like, Brenda doesn't do it like you. <laughs> well, sure. You have a Brenda. You also have that me. sense of loyalty, right? Yeah. And she. And it's not like it's bad. It's like, hey, this is how she kind of did it. Right. Right. It's just different. Yeah. But yeah. I've I've never felt like, oh, I can only go to this. I will say I do love Connie from the New Age. Mm -hmm. She's so great. So I'm like, I gotta I gotta go see Connie. Mm -hmm. I need, she's great. I need out to there. go. Yeah. And she she's also one that'll be like, at one of the last times I talked to her, she's like, I need you to do me a favor. And she and I was like, what? She's like, I need you to quit acting like a beginner. Okay. Oh, so funny. You're just being humble. And I said, I just want to be really humble about it. So I'm always approachable. Right. And she's like, yes. And you'll always have to keep that with you. She's like, but for you and me, right? Yeah. You, she, she's like, she's like, come on now. Level up, level mm -hmm. up with me a bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the things that you need to work on, mm -hmm. which was, um, energy management, um, crystal management, all of that stuff. She's like, but I'm just quit acting like a beginner because you're so not. funny. See, she and holds I, you accountable. Yeah. And I was like, thank you so much. She goes, and again, I think it's great that you want to be humble. I go, I just don't want to be the person that's doing headstands everywhere saying yoga's for everybody. Right. That's what I don't want to portray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I want you to come and be like, I'm injured. What stretch should I be able to do? And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is what helped me. Mm -hmm. So that's like the humbleness that I have. Mm -hmm. But if you're training your, even like, I felt like I was still dimming myself because I was like, well, in order to be relatable, I can't, I can't, I be, can't shine. Yeah. I can't shine, mm -hmm. but we can, mm -hmm. that's how we get relatable because when we're shining, those people come to us because they recognize your light. Yeah. Because it's also within them. Right. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. I feel that. Mm -hmm. I know that. That's something familiar mm -hmm. coming to that. Yeah. Well, I'm a big believer, like how we just talked in affirmations, but I would like to talk about how if you just find an affirmation online and all you do is read the affirmation 30 days in a row and that's the only work that you do, chances are it's probably not going to work the way you thought because or at all you're not vibrating on the frequency of what you're asking for in that affirmation mm -hmm. abundance is a frequency love is a frequency mm -hmm. all of those things so i said i really feel like there's a horrible misconception with any social platform where people are pushing affirmations mm -hmm. left and fucking mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and they're going law of attraction law of attraction this works for you if if you need abundance light this candle if you need this do this Nobody talks about the fact that you have to unblock everything Boom. in your body. Go real deep. Yeah. Go real deep. Get all that out so you can, that energy can travel through you. Mm -hmm. And now you're vibrating on that frequency. 100%. When we go through a retreat, I am statements aren't until later in day two. There's when do you bring up the that. pendulums? Is yeah. that day one? Um, <laughs> core values. Yeah. Yeah. Is that day one or day two? It depends on how the day, the days flow, but it's usually... The end of day one or the beginning of day two. Depends on how long. So the one I got time. from your retreat, mm -hmm. I actually got to re-gift to my producer. Did you really? And he keeps it in his pocket every day. He's oh, like, I should have brought. Wow. Look, Cheyenne. Don't need to bring you pendulums. You're like <laughs> the crystal queen. 
You'll always I use have more. A couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll always lose She's more. like, I have a couple yeah. hundred. Yeah. So I have a rotation of four now, and mm-hmm. every time someone comes to me and I am called to either push them in that, that direction or give them one, uh-huh. I get to replace it with a new one. Oh, that's awesome. So I've replaced yeah. two now. I've oh, gotten a fun. selenite and a jade in replace of the ones that I've given away. Love it. So it also, like, because I have tools. Mm-hmm. Like, if people come to me, I'm like, yeah. You're going to have a kundalini awakening. Here, take this book. I'll find somebody else. And they're like, I just, I feel like I take all the emotions of others. I said, oh, I just got this book. It's called the Empath Survival Guide. Give it, give it back. But you're going to, you're going to need this. So I have a library at home where if somebody comes over and I'm like, pick three books and then you're going to take one with you. There you go. And then, oh, do you know what smudging is? Cool. Like you, you're just kind of, yeah, you, and there's even like levels of consent where you're like, do you believe in the elemental Roman dragons? And they're like, no. I'm like, what about, what about Paleo Santo? And they're like, I love that shit. I was like, yeah. stick. Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you still, you still even like once you cross the threshold of, I love God, but I also want to take care of myself mm-hmm. and I don't need to be chastised from any religion ever mm-hmm. for loving the crystals that Mm -hmm. God put on this earth. Right. Yeah. I have to wear this diamond every day because I got married Mm -hmm. and y'all are like, Ooh, pretty diamond. Right. But you never compliment my orange calcite. It's still a rock fucker. Yeah. Right. (laughs) What the hell is going on? Yeah. I love this conversation. (laughs) I am. I'm like, I don't, Oh my gosh. It doesn't even matter. This is so fun. (laughs) You have such great stories. There is a story you wanted me to remind you of, and it's the smudging story at the retreat oh you guys do we have time for this story it's your episode it's kind of long um sounds like this is a so I was, little bit to digest <laughs> so i was running this one retreat and it was just really interesting how this whole retreat played out uh i do offer i do invite god into my retreats always and the holy spirit just because if i don't technology starts fucking up Satan gets in there because he doesn't want these women feeling good about themselves. Mm -hmm. So the lady that I take with me, she does all the cooking and she's also our prayer warrior. She happens to be Catholic, but she really doesn't do a whole lot of our fathers and Hail Marys. She just prays over our meals. You know, she'll leave the room if she sees a lady having a breakdown. And I think she, you know, prays for the lady. But we had gone to this house a number of times before and it was fine. So I don't, I don't say I don't allow alcohol in my retreats. It's never really been talked about or it's not in any of the contracts or anything like that. But at my very first retreat, there had been some, I had taken wine and given it as gifts. Well, night two, they all drank their wine and they were super hungover the next day. (laughs) So their work was shitty. You know what I mean? I mean, so you're like, maybe not. Right. So, but I didn't know that it happened. I just had noticed. So my sister was at the, she's like, maybe we shouldn't like do the wine thing. And I'm like, oh, they were hungover. We had one lady going and throwing up. Oh. I thought she was just sick. No. So fast forward to this retreat. Um, they check in on a Thursday between six and eight. Okay. It's just checking. You just show up at the Airbnb. We're not doing dinner or anything. It's kind of on you that night. So I had one set of ladies come that had already gone and had drinks at a restaurant. And I kind of chuckled. I was like, oh, my God, it's kind of like their last, right? Then I had some other ladies bring in some alcohol. No big deal. Well, I didn't know. So I'm not saying no big deal, but I didn't really even know. 
so we are in, I'm in the middle of this huge um, session and there's a lady, I'm, I'm sitting in a chair and there's a lady like to my left in my direct position and she's just having like, I, I tell the alcohol for a reason. So she's, she's having these and a couple of women were like, maybe we need to go to the grocery store and grab some more wine, grab some more wine. I'm not thinking much of it. Just kind of like, Ooh, I don't want them to do that because I'm thinking of like them being what, hung yeah. over the next yeah, day and not working. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not like, don't let them drink alcohol. You know, I'm not, I'm just kind of like, it's just kind of in my mind. So this lady at the end, she's having this serious meltdown, serious breakthroughs, serious, just like, and I remember feeling a vibration it, it almost like a shift. And it, I remember just, I remember looking over at my girlfriend and she's got her head down rubbing her temples. And I look at another lady at the retreat and she's like, my ears hurt. And I look over at the lady that, that runs these retreats with me. And I was like, I'm just, and she's like, have, and all of a sudden, my armpits start sweating. My hairline starts sweating. And all I can hear is like myself tell me, do not throw up. Do not throw up. Do not pass out. Do not pass out. And I'm like, what am I going to do? She's in the middle of a huge breakthrough. So all of a sudden I hear her say, okay, okay, I guess that's enough for right now. And I stand up and I say, ladies, we're going to take a quick break. And I remember I had the like wherewithal to grab my phone and play music. And I'm darting out that front door. And I mean projectile puke. Wow. It was coming out my nose. It was shooting out. I mean, horribly sick. My girlfriend, who was at the retreat at the time, and then the lady that works with me, they come out and it's, it's that weekend where the, the lake is frozen solid. I'm sweating out there. I'm taking off my sweat, my sweater. I'm, I'm getting down to a tank top. They're like freezing. I, and it goes on and on and on. So finally it stops. And I'm like, what the fuck? And my, my friends goes, that was coming out of your vagina. <laughs> What? <laughs> How much puke? And she's just like, it was coming from every, I mean, not really, but you know, yeah. it was just metaphorically. Okay. She, she was got like, I'm pulling like, from every, yeah. I was like, when you everywhere. said you took everything off. <laughs> so, so I gather this up and I'm like, fuck you. I'm finishing this. And it's the last segment of the day. So I go back in and they're all like, kind of got their poker faces on, you know, eating their snacks, tripping. And I said, okay, we're going to finish this. So I sat everybody back down. This lady goes back into it and she finishes it. And she gets to a point in that breakthrough where she's like, ah. So then I'm weak again. I can't even stay for dinner. And I hate not eating with my people. Always eat with your people. I stay at a hotel because I'm an empath. And I need to like get out of there, get kind of let it go reset for the next morning as you should so my girlfriend said i'm coming to stay with you and i said um i think i'll be okay and she's like you can't even drive so she drives me to the hotel and i said jamie i want you to go back to that house and smudge it she goes what the fuck are you saying i'm like go smudge that house 
We smudged it before we started, but please go smudge it. She walks me up to my hotel room. I, she said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go smudge the house, I'll be back. I said, have Cheryl follow you around saying the prayers. She knows the prayers to say, to get that shit out of there. So we, we, I get in the shower. During my shower, I have these visions that were, that'll bring a grown man to his knees. They were awful visions of what was happening. And then I remember like, it was like, it was almost like, what's the movie with Johnny Depp? The Vegas one. Oh, oh, Fear and oh. Loathing Lot. Yes, and Fear and Loathing Just a total trip. Yeah. Just a total, that's kind of what I, I felt like in the shower. Like I kept having these visions. And then all of a sudden the visions were of the devil passing around this bottle of wine to all of these ladies. So I was like, what the fuck? What is happening? The devil is in, showed up in this retreat. So then I was like, get out of the shower. Get out of the shower. It's time to get out of the shower. And then I had visions of like, if I get out of the shower, I'm going to slip and fall and I'm going to die. Like, so now I'm having like, I'm going to die visions. The craziest fucking experience. So I finally get out of the shower. I get into bed and, you know, she finally gets back and she's like, this is the shit that just went on at the house. So she goes back. I can't remember if they smudge the house first or if she has like this weird, and she goes up to my friend Cheryl and she's like, Cheryl, I need you to touch me. And she's holding a crystal and I can't remember what their crystal was. She's holding a round ball crystal. She had been shaking it, rubbing it on people's shoulders a lot. She said, I need you to touch me. So Cheryl touched her and she said she felt like this huge vibration. And then she fell to her knees and she cried and sobbed so much that there was like this puddle of tears on the floor. I don't know, ladies. No, I'm like, keep going, mm -hmm. keep going. So they smudged the house after that. The next day, no, okay, so she comes back and I'm wiped. I mean, as you can imagine, someone vomiting that much. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can do it the next day. I just don't think I can. Something inside me said, oh yeah, you will. You're going back. I'm also worried about what the fuck these ladies are thinking. Right. Like, how are the ladies? What did you say? So Cheryl said she calls mom all in. You've got to be my friend, Cheryl. She's just got this like really calm presence about her. And she said, well, what you saw happen to Kendra, that's a spiritual warfare. <laughs> yes. Everybody needs that friend. Yes. And they're like, So she goes on to educate them on what a spiritual warfare is. And that's why we smudge the house. That's why she does the crystals. That's why we bring God into it. So see, I'm wrapping all of the stuff up in one. Mm -hmm. And the next day I showed up, rocked that shit out. I was drained when I got home. Yeah. But at first I thought, I'm taking on this lady's energy. Well, and everybody in the room. Right, because it happens every retreat. Mm -hmm. That's why I leave. But that's not what it was. It was something so much greater. Than something something mm -hmm. bigger. Mm -hmm. So that's my smudging story. That's super crazy. The only thing that kept repeating in my mind was a TikTok that I just saw. Mm -hmm. And it was this person dancing as a, an entity. It, basically, they just say it, it's an attachment and it's dancing. Yeah. And it says, 
all of the dark entities at the low vibe alcohol party waiting for the alcohol to hit people's brains to then attach to them. Look at that. Yeah. Because there is a study yes. that says if you drink alcohol, it automatically puts your brain in a lower vibration. Whether you feel great when you're drinking, you're actually vibrating low because it's blocking something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you have all of these negative energies and attachments. See, I believe that. I 100% do too, mm -hmm. but I think it's just funny the way that they communicate mm -hmm. with me because they need to build a language with me. I don't have to learn the innocuous right. angel language. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like, so cool. So like you're telling this and this entities, like yeah. I'm just waiting for everybody <laughs> uh -huh. to get drunk. Yep. So you guys got drunk and you were going to the deepest, darkest parts of yourself. So no shit. You can't Some dark entities came in there yes. because they feed off that energy. So even though you're doing it for a good cause, you're like, I'm getting this out of me. Now you've taken this energy out and it's floating in the air and they're fucking eating it. You yep. just chummed the waters is all you did. Exactly. So when you're like, I'm like, I was waiting to see like how you were going to explain everything. And then you're like, okay, that's it. That's my smudging story. I was like, this is what I saw the whole time. And then like the shower scene when you're uh -huh. like, I saw the all this like dia the devil. Yeah, yeah. The diabolical shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those mm -hmm. are third eye downloads. Mm -hmm. That's not your imagination. No. That's the scariest part about it. That's where I can shut myself down. I'm like, oh my God, it's real. It oh. is. It is. And you know, the thing about it is, is I don't, I didn't feel like I had to explain it. Mm -hmm. I felt like it already explained itself so much, so much that when I got home, I didn't tell it that, that night that I got home because I think I slept from two in the afternoon until that next morning. But the second night I sat down with my family. I'd already told my husband and I'd call, I'd called, um, um, uh, a couple of friends and said, I'm super sick. I just need you to pray. Satan's attacking. Right. That was surfacy, mm -hmm. But when I really started d diving down, you're 100% correct. So I sat down and I was like, we were at dinner a couple nights later, and I'm telling my kids the whole story. That's how much I believe that shit. That's how much I didn't need to explain at the end of the story what that was all about. It already explained itself. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, one, no drinking at my retreats. Like you're just asking for it. Mm -hmm. You're chumming the waters. And two, you're, the shit's you're real. You're kind of thumbing the spiritual world if you think about right. it. Right. Like you might as well have brought a Ouija board without realizing it and going, yes, let's have some fucking fun. Yeah. But if you think about it with a women's retreat, there's like a clocked on version of the healing and then there's a clocked off. And society still programs you that actually alcohol is okay to do socially because it's legal. Correct. You can get it everywhere. Clocked and, off. And that's how you socialize. But at the retreat, you've got to be clocked on all, all the, time the time until you leave on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But even then, I would be like, I, I could see after all of your stuff, everybody just having a glass of wine. And then I was like, wait a minute, that really low vibes you. And some mm -hmm. shit can come and eat at you. Yep. Mm -hmm. So when you were explaining it, I was just like... Oh my goodness. Well, and everything what a lesson. Out all day is like just sitting on your shoulder being like, I'm coming back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and have that wine. Yeah. I'm have that back. wine. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. mm -hmm. it is a suppressant. It is. Mm -hmm. It 100%. is. Yeah. Even in celebration, it still does stuff yes. to your brain. Yes. And the whole point is, right, We, I want to get these ladies to a point where they love themselves so much that they want to create a life that they don't have to escape from. Absolutely. Yes. Put the wine away. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Uh, my favorite thing that kind of um, goes hand in hand with that is, um, I wish I could quote them properly. Uh, pull the layers of your habits back and see what lies underneath. So that brings me to like desires, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm leading a book club right now. I don't know if you've read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I have not. So uh, people ask me a lot about, what do you think of self-help books? Well, I think they're great to get that shot in the arm. And I think they can also be really confusing. You know, read your self-help book, go do your daily affirmations, go do this, think positive, stop thinking negative, and then do your, you know, five big, hairy, scary goals. And, and then you're doing all this and you're like, but I'm failing over here, but I'm failing over there. So sometimes I say, if you're going to do a self-help book, work with a professional, right? She can coach you through segments of that. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do a book club on a self-help book. And Untamed is not what I would consider a self-help book. It's more of an empowering book and kind of like, <gasps> okay. So Glennon Doyle, um, if you don't know anything about her, she is a writer. She was married, had three kids, wrote, a mem wrote two memoirs. One was about her, how she found love again with her husband. During the release of that book, she met and fell in love with her now wife. Nice. Mm -hmm. I'll just leave it at that. She's quite amazing. Some of the things that she says I don't necessarily agree with or don't align with my values. Totally cool. I just skip right over that and I get to the ones that do. But she's got a chapter in this book called Beach Houses. And in this chapter, it, she talks about desires. When is it irresponsible to just go by the Malibu and get fucked up? When is it irresponsible to buy the beach house? So she had a friend that says, um, Glennon, I'm just going to give it all up. I can't even afford it, but I'm going to give everything up. And I'm going to buy a beach house. I'm going to move my family to the beach because on social media, all these families, they look so happy and they're connecting and they're loving and they're experiencing and they're all on a beach in front of their beach house. So I'm just going to da 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 right? So the point is, is that truly your, your surface desire or is that your deep desire? What are you really desiring out of a beach house? Well, I want connection. I want experiences. I want love. I want t quality time with my family. So this lady ended up buying, her beach house ended up being a $2 basket set on the island. Really? So here's your surface desire. Here's your deep desire. I Go after that. those deep desires. Fuck the surface desires because they're going to fuck you and everybody else around you. Go for your deeper desires. So you said something that made me think of desires, and now I can't remember what it was. What did you just say? I don't know. I got so lost in mm -hmm. your words. I was mm -hmm. like, this makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the book is really, really good because, you know, we talk about... Everything that I coach on and everything that I believe in and everything that I'm trying to impact the world about, this book, it's almost like she read my mind or I read hers or whatever, although I'm not married to a, <laughs> a woman, a woman, but it works for her mm -hmm. and she's, she's super great. But Beaches was a really good short chapter in that book. I really like that one and I like that take on desires because I just listened to, uh, do you know who Sadhguru is? No. Um, I can't quit listening to him because okay. he's always in a state of bliss and he makes perfect sense. Mm. Sad guru. It's S A D H G U G U R U. 
Okay. Yeah, he's great, and he's exactly how you're picturing him is how he looks. He sits there, and he is the guru. Love it. But uh, Matthew McConaughey's friend recommended, like, his stuff to him, uh -huh. and then he's like, can, can I... Can I, uh, like, interview you and put you on my YouTube channel? Uh-huh. Um, and I just caught that one. But the one that he talked about, um, desire and vision. He's like, do you have both? Do you have one? Which one's stronger? Right. He's like, so a desire is going to be something you want. And it's probably going to be something that you want for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be more inner. A vision... Yeah. Is outwards mm -hmm. and it's for other people. It's for the betterment of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's also tied to your life purpose. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, do you have a desire or do you have a vision? Or I do you partially have both? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I obviously have both for what I do. And I do yeah. too, because I have a desire for my vision to be expressed properly in the world yeah. with only the purest of intentions. Yes. Yes. So I'm like listening to you listen to another person's interpretation of what a desire means to us to help us find our better selves. Mm -hmm. I just love because it just shows that there's more than one way. Yeah. There's more than one teaching. You're like, you're right. And I'm right. Mm -hmm. You just have to figure out which one really works for you. Right. So yep. that's beautiful. Yeah. I bet we're on like four hours. How I much you want to bet? Uh, we're getting close. We're getting close. It's so we good. We might have to break this up into two episodes. I could, do, I could do that. You never know. Um, so I did write down what we talked about, like tips and tricks. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Um, you said, yes, you like positive affirmations. Self-love is not just bubble baths and pedicures. You really have to do the work. You really have to self-love is super hard. Like if you're it on a journey is. to self-love, you're going to cry. You're going to be mad. You're going to, I mean, it's, it's, it's not pretty. It's not. No, it's you don't not, get to sit it's there not wearing and the cute outfit, state. having a cute yeah, picture. Yeah, it's not Lululemon. No, no, no. And don't get me wrong, I love Lululemon. I do too. But that's not what self love is about. Mm -hmm. That's the Lululemon and the and the bags and the makeup and the hair and all of that. That's that's a byproduct of either some shit you need to deal with, or that you 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 you're in self love, right? And you're rewarding yourself because I, I also think there's a, a spiritual label that 100%. you're eventually dive in and give yourself. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah. I have abandoned this, but now I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And I do, you know, don't get me wrong. I do like things. I do like, I, do too. I, I love do. the human experience. That's yeah. what I say. I, yes. I'm I not love perfect. That. I'm not on a pedestal. Mm -mm. Sometimes I like to drink vodka and smoke cigarettes and I don't care what you think, yep. Karen. That's okay. right, Karen. Because I want to have a human yes. experience. But does that mean that just because I'm still a sinner and I still have vices that I can't shine my light and it's do what God wants I'm me to do? It's because I'm a sinner and I have vices that I do want to show up and shine and do what God asked me to do. And it's I want to stay super relatable to you. You're smoking cigarettes in the closet. Come to my porch. Right. Let's do this together. Yes. <laughs> Let me show you what a clove cigarette is. Yeah. They taste way better. I just wanted to pair the vodka and the cigarettes together because I think they just go so well for me. And I'm terrible at drinking, so I do it on, like, special occasions. Same. I'm horrible So I just drinking. had my brother's wedding, and I didn't have to be in the wedding because mm -hmm. I live too far away to participate in anything. So I was like, can I just be a guest and come drink vodka? And they're like, absolutely. And I was like, awesome. So I, I was like setting intentions in the mirror, right? Yeah. I'm like, 
I'd like to dedicate tonight to Cheyenne's confidence in the in- inhibition of vodka. Love it. And around the fourth vodka, we're going to go sneak a cigarette away from our family that doesn't like cigarettes. So, like, I remember, like, I came back in from, like, smoking my vodka cigarette, and I was feeling good. And someone comes up to me, and they're like, hey, your uncle's looking for you to say goodbye. Like, the uncle, you don't want to hug you. When you smell like cigarettes. When you smell like cigarettes. (laughs) And my sister goes, hey, he's looking for you. You might want to take a lap. You smell like shit. (laughs) And I went, take a lap. Fuck it. I'm 30 years old. Yes, girl. If you don't know by this time that I like smoking cigarettes for fun, I don't know what to tell you. Yes. My uncle wraps me up in his arms, pulls me like five not even, not even five inches away. And he goes, I want you to know that it has been a privilege to watch you kids grow up. And I am so proud of everything about you. Oh, god! And I was like, I smell like fucking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's what I, he was going to be like. I thought that he was going to be like. I can smell your fucking cigarettes. Smell your fucking right. cigarettes. <laughs> You're not hiding from anyone. Yeah. We all know. know. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I'm not supposed to care because this is my day off. Like, I don't even have my kid. But I, I think it's free. good that you care. That means you're being responsible, right? I mean, I, I tell people all the time, there's a balance in giving zero fucks. There's a big balance. I am not going to enable you support you or encourage you to live a life of, well, I am who I am. Accept me for that. I don't care. No apologies. I am who I am. Yeah. Okay. How are you showing up and how is it impacting the people around you? If it's impacting them negatively, you need work. Mm -hmm. If you can't look in the mirror and say, I can't sit in silence, pure silence for four minutes without having to get up and, 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 and do something, you need work. This is self-love, right? If you can't do that, you don't love yourself. So you can go ahead and be toxic all you want, but you're not going to be that in here and you're not going to be that in my space and you're not going to be that in my life. That's me loving myself and honoring myself enough to trim you off the fucking bush. 100%. Yeah. You have to have those boundaries. You saying, I shouldn't fucking care that he smells of cigarettes is a good thing, but also because you're living this responsible true and beautiful, loving who you are, finding who you are, owning who you are, right, wrong, and indifferent. I still love the dark shit. sides, though. Yeah, you have to. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't love the dark sides, you wouldn't You wouldn't be this empowered, inspirational, leading lady that you are. I don't think that I would be authentic. You wouldn't be. One, and Those dark parts made you this person right here who's yeah, amazing. 100%. Yeah. The voice that was like, hey, at 25, we're fucking out of here. Mm-hmm. I still love that voice. Yeah, I'm, of course you I'm do. never like, hey, you almost killed me. You know, right. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna separate myself more. Right. But there was um, a Buddhist context that said, um, summing up is about purifying your disposition. So so many teachings are like, find the darkness and kill it, and then the light's always gonna be there, which I think is great. But I'm like. If you don't hug your shadow self or even your inner child, I don't think that you're completely healed. You're not. I don't and that's think the purpose the of right throwing path. the rock because you know that it's, it's not, it's not killing it. You mm-hmm. threw the rock. It's at the bottom of a lake. And is it going to creep up and you're going to think about that, that time your dad told you, you didn't, your mom didn't love you. Yep. And then you're going to be like, no, I'm good. Right. It's not dead. It can't ever be dead. It happened. 
my mother's not dead. Uh-huh. She's just no longer on the earth. So in everyday life, I, I think this is relatable for anybody that goes, how do you retrain your brain to not pick on yourself? How do you look in the mirror when you've convinced yourself you don't love yourself? How do you do that? Cheyenne. Cheyenne. <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, I do had, have so I had to quit hating the person in the mirror, uh-huh. which is really hard for me because I said I felt super cheesy. But you started loving the dark parts of you. So, well, it was kind of easy because my dark parts protected me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I find out that I'm a big pool of love, and I would do anything for you. I'll even go as far as almost letting you take advantage of me because maybe mm-hmm. at some point I think it could be my karma too. I don't mm-hmm. even know. That's a boundary that I still struggle with, but. I remember just being like, okay, we learned about neuroplasticity over a decade ago, so this all still makes sense that I'm in control. I'm the one who has been doing this. Let's push my programming away. Let's push the indoctrination away. I I pick on myself. Mm-hmm. That's not nice. Um, so I actually pulled, I, when I say this, I'm like, I hope this makes sense. I pulled myself out of myself and pictured myself like I picture everybody else. Because mm-hmm. I'm a great caretaker of everybody else, and then I'm like, shut up, Cheyenne, you're fine. You'll eat tomorrow. Right. You're abandoning yourself. Exactly. So I was like, this is what you need to do from now on. The way that you take care of others, now Cheyenne's first. We're going to build a language with her. We're going to build a language with her higher self. We're going to build a language with her inner child. And it's going to be a minute before we get to where we want to be. But this is the start right here. It's going to be a minute. Yeah. So again, the neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. is the best thing for me Mm -hmm. because I need that science in there. But I would just start slowly with the affirmations. And when something would come up, you know, my my mom hates me type shit. Right. I would also acknowledge the fact that I had a choice to not pull that out of conscious or subconscious, give it validity, put energy behind it, and turn it into emotion. I had that power. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever told me I had that power. And you know what you said at the foundation? I choose. Yes. I choose. How silly did I not know that I was choosing this the whole time? Yeah. But I, I just kept projecting that it was every other thing that was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, traumas, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to it. And for me, it, it was another epiphany moment for me. I'm like, I only choose to pull out the positives. So that's still really hard because the negative pathways built up. Sure. So for every negative thing that popped in my head, I counteracted it with three positives. You reframed it. For a long time. Mm-hmm. But I realized when I started doing it at work, I would have people that were shutting down and negative around me. And they, like, they would allow me to come in. I mean, I was their manager too. So I'd be like, hey, I see you shutting down. What negative thing did you just say in your head that shut you down? Sure. And they would be like, whatever they said. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I'm just going to throw this at the wall and see if it sticks. And if you like it, put it in your pocket and take it with you. Um, every time a negative thought comes in my head, I repeat three things, either that I like about myself or are good. Mm-hmm. So can you just do that for me right now? Yeah. And they actually couldn't they in that moment or because they, they, they got to really know because they had to stuck. think about it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I said, okay, do you want me to do it for you really quick? And they're like, you're going to tell me what I actually like about myself that I don't know. Oh, you do it for them. That I did it for this girl because we're like, we're, we're serving tables right now. We don't have a lot of time. <laughs> we don't have time. For I don't have work. a lot of time <laughs> to change lives at this time. I have. So let me just give you the yeah, fucking answer. Yeah. I'm yes, like, <laughs> yes. Love it. But like, so I'm going to plant a seed or I'm going to provoke you. Yeah. Those are, those mm-hmm. are my two things that mm-hmm. I'm going to do with you. Yeah. 
This girl was like, there's nothing. I was like, your voice, your eyes, and HR, sorry, your ass, and you know it. And she's like, love it. She's like, oh my God, you're right. She's yeah. like, I love my ass. Yeah. And I was like, you do. And you shake that shit out there with your confidence. Yeah. And I'm not being sexist. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to go shake your ass to make a tip. I'm saying you walk with that confidence. Yeah. Like, I got, I got it. And you blink those eyes so they can look into those baby blues and they can see how pure your soul yes. is. And then they're going to leave you a $20 tip and turn your day around. That's and by right. the way, your voice melts like butter when you talk to people. Own it. Yes. It's so, when I tell my ladies tips and tricks, right, it's mm-hmm. so easy to, to um, get into that negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in that negative self-talk in so many years because I know I'm the shit, right? <laughs> But you build it up. The you other do. Pathways, it's, yes, those, it's, you're not feeding it. It's starving. Yep. Yep. When I do retreats, it's a, you can't just sign up for one of my retreats and come. You have to be a, a candidate for it. You have to be. I read fit. that. You're yeah. like, email me and let's see if you're a right fit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit. Mm-hmm. Sh- on top of like. And this is why I can't go to Sedona. It's okay. Well, because you're not 20. I'm not That's the only reason. Yeah. It's okay. It's <laughs> I was okay. like, we're serving <laughs> snacks. Okay, so, like, I wasn't actually at the women's, what's it, what was it called again? Women's Rise? The Summit? Yes. Yeah. So, I, as you know, wasn't a guest either. Um, Lauren contacted me and was like, hey, do you want to sell tie-dye here? So then I was like, I, I was still like, okay, you're just going to like stand by your table for hours and mm-hmm. you're just going to like hear echoes of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I get there and I'm like, oh, I'll actually hear more of it because I'm here and you're that's right over there. there. Yeah. yeah. And then she goes, yeah, I have a table for you to sit uh-huh. over here. And I was like, this is like a $70 seat and you're just letting me sit here on yeah. top of not charging me rent to sell to people. I was like. This woman makes so much sense to me, and I have no idea how to tell her how grateful I am for this. Because it was just one of those, like, moments where you knew that you were led to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, had I not even met Lauren Mm -hmm. at that restaurant, like, I wouldn't wouldn't be here. Yeah. If I wouldn't have put her in my pocket sometimes and yelled at people behind the scenes about her, you know. Yeah. We we wouldn't be here. Um, And I'm just, I'm so thankful that I'm able to recognize those moments where I'm like, supposed to be here because I'm eating with all of these women like at the food that you provided and we're we're all talking about whatever in our life and someone was like why do you do tie-dye and like like how'd you get here and I was like oh I just ran in I kind of just hit a wall in like corporate world and it kind of you know brought me back and I realized what I was actually putting out in the universe is bullshit I wasn't being my authentic self um I was working a job I didn't like I've always wanted to like serve people and love them but uh, I really just kind of struggled with how to put that energy out there. I'm like, and I could express that love and what I want to do with the tie-dye. And just talking to all of these women, they're like, I can't believe that you had the confidence to, like, do that. And I, I was just like, I didn't see that at the time because mm-hmm. it was more of a survival thing. It wasn't about confidence and, and showing myself. And by the end of that lunch, these two ladies were like, I would like to work with you. And there's actually an open position at my job. Like, do you, would you like oh to apply gosh. for it? And I was like, that's cool. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. And I didn't end up applying for it because I knew I wasn't supposed to go there. Sure. But just the fact that I was, you know, they so could see your value. They yeah. could see your value mm-hmm. in a way. And like, I was to me, I was like, ah, oh, you were nice enough, you know? Cause I have kind <laughs> of this sarcastic, just, 
I guess the world's just a social experiment to me when I talk in public sometimes. <laughs> so I'm like, hi, I have no filter and no boundaries. I'm here to make you comfortable and uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hi. You know, and then, like, I'll take that just way to the left sometimes, mm -hmm. and I'll lose everybody in the room except for one person. Yep. I don't care. Fuck it. You're riding with me. Let's yep, do let's this go. show. <laughs> yeah. So I thought for sure that I was going to lose everybody at the table because I was just around a lot of women that I felt like I wasn't even going to fit into. I didn't even buy the ticket to the damn show. So I was like, I'm super grateful to be here because I didn't know that this was going to happen. Isn't it cool how it works out? Yeah, like it that. was it was really cool. Mm -hmm. But I do remember because you were like girl gang, girl gang, girl mm -hmm. gang, and I was like, where do I have to go back in my life to where I was actually a part of this gang? Because I was never a part of a girl gang ever. I know, but when you when you were like, yes, we we empower each other, we do this. I was like. I want to be Kendra's friend. <laughs> I was like, she just... How do I get in that Yeah, game? I was like, yeah. yeah. So she was like, this is my girl gang, and this is my girl gang. And I was like, just... <laughs> you know, like, I just remember Same sitting there like, <laughs> Destiny's Child's really just... Ooh. Right. Um, but I do have to confess that to you, because there's... And, like, now I've made, like, the soul sister connection, and now you'll probably talk to me in a therapy session like my sister. <laughs> uh, I just, I feel like, you know, there there's a lot more to this connection than I thought there yeah. was back then. Like, I thought it was going to kind of be like, um, hi, Kendra. Yeah, do you know Kendra? Go to Kendra. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know Cheyenne. She sold, she sold tie-dye. Like, I figured I would see you again and, like, work with you somehow. And, like, now after today, I'm like... We're lifers. Totally like, lifers. Like, we have to be yes. lifers after this. Yes. There's something here. But I still remember being like, I want to be your friend. I want, I want Oh, to be my God. Friend. My heart is so full right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to the wrap-up where you're like, fill your own cup. Mm -hmm. Quit looking outside for everybody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Fill circle. your own cup. Fill look own in cup. the mirror. Yep. Honestly, look at your journey. And what do you say? Oh, man. Yeah. The realizations, being your authentic self. Yeah. All of that. These, yeah. these are just my little cliff notes. Um, the best thing that you said that I'm going to let you wrap up with, and then I'm going to play a song that I picked for your episode, okay. is you said, we all have a gift and we're all supposed to use it and share it. You owe it. We owe it to each other to share it. Yeah. So find your light, heal yourself, share your trauma, uh -huh. share your ugly moments. Yep. Be vulnerable with us. Because we're all here to learn and share. Yes. Because that's how the world's going to change. Yes. Right? It's not going to change if you're standing at the buffet line at a women's event looking people up and down. Mm -hmm. You're there for a reason. You're not, not at the women's event. You're in that space for a reason. What is that reason? Right? I mean, you've shared a huge part of your journey. And that's, you know, wanting to kill yourself from the age of 12 to 19. And 13, having no 19. idea why. And having no idea but why. But I, I still, I know that I have that, that little button in my head. Right. Like, I don't, I know that I would never push it. Right. But acknowledging, I'm like, why do I feel suicidal? Everything's fine. Everything's right. But. This does make sense. Yes. We all have, it goes back to, it goes back to what is your worth? Nobody fucking cares what your worth is. Why are you here? Mm -hmm. And when you figure out why you're here overall, then you know your worth. It's between you and God. And you share that with the world because that's how the world gets better. That's how we grow. That's how we foster. That's how light and love is spread everywhere. But you also hold yourself accountable and others accountable. 
Otherwise, it just stops. It just stops. So stop with the bullshit, own it, find love for yourself, and spread it around the world. That's the best wrap-up ever. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Well, it's true, but you you also get to like pull it apart. It's not like you're reading a different language and going, "Oh crap, now I got to learn a different language before right. I can get your message." Yeah, across. I could have said that in a completely different way. Yeah, gone into a stop abandoning yourself or or do what. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean, stop abandoning mm -hmm. myself? Like, yeah. I remember feeling like that mm -hmm. and being like, how do I quit abandoning myself before acknowledging that I have abandoned myself? Right. You know, like. It's you, all about realization. Like, that's your first step for all of it. Yeah. You have to realize what's happening. Right. But I also believe trusting your inner voice. And if you haven't built a language with that inner voice, then you need to acknowledge first, like, oh, that little voice that's always telling me. The voice that's like, it's, hey, you forgot your keys. Or that instinct. Yeah. When, like when, that's when you one. say inner voice, some women might be like, oh, wait, what's my inner voice? Is that spiritual? Is that? Yeah. Your fucking instinct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your intuition. Don't turn down that alley. That voice. That voice. That voice. <laughs> that voice. Listen to that one. Yes. Lock your door when you get in your car. That voice. That inner Immediately. Right. Yep. Okay. Second PSA of the episode. As a woman in this world or a man that doesn't want to be robbed, that's fine. Get in your car and shut your door and lock it immediately. Don't look at your damn cell phone. Don't put your keys in the ignition with the door open. Get in the car. Lock the car. Ready? One more time. Get in the car. Lock the car. Get in the car. <laughs> lock the car. <laughs> that is the scariest thing I see leaving a parking lot with like an 18 year old girl. She's just sitting there, door wide open, texting. I'm like, I'm so. I never told you. I know. <laughs> like, I don't want you to learn that lesson the hard way. No. But a big part of me wants to roll the window down and be like, Get in the car. Lock your door. Right. You know what? Freaks are out here. <laughs> I know it. And I probably sound like a freak yelling at her. Right. My point's gonna get gonna get yes. Yes. So that's my second PSA. Don't go around sharks and lock your doors. Um, but so you have this retreat coming up. You have plenty more retreats. So do you have updates on loveandlightcoaching.com? I know you have an Instagram uh KD. Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Mm -hmm. I'll put all your information in the description on the bottom. Okay. But do you, where do you want people to go? Where's the best way to reach you? Social media. Social media. Yep. Instagram's KD Mueller. Mm -hmm. um, and, or Facebook is Love and Light Coaching. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can follow my personal page, but most of what I put is on Instagram, which is my mm -hmm. personal and business, or Love and Light. Okay, perfect. We'll definitely, we'll definitely put all your information down there. Even if they just want to like follow along and yeah. like see, mm -hmm. you know, maybe if they want to go on a retreat, but I always want to make sure anybody that comes on and, you know, we're honored to host anybody's story, anybody's vulnerability. And then obviously like be like, please check her out because she's just phenomenal. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I can't wait to do one of these retreats. Because I've already just went to like your Women's Rise Summit. Yeah. And I'm also not going to be pregnant. No. And you, <laughs> you would so rock a that. retreat. You would have so much. It would be like, it would just flow both ways. Yeah. I you. think it would be you great. Have so I'm much a, to offer this need. I need a mutual exchange of energy at this point mm -hmm. because I haven't had it for so long. And I will give and give and give until I have nothing more. 
So I'm always interested. Like I, I do turn into a golden retriever when I find somebody that they're they're gonna help me out too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's not right. just one sided. Yes, or like I'm gonna help them and they're gonna be like, bye. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then, like, I can't get a hold of them. I'm like, this is really awkward. I thought we were friends. <laughs> you know? They put their drawbridge up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> but um, I did pick a song for you. It's called Unstoppable by Neovi, which Love is it. one of my favorite artists. N-E-O-V-A-I-I, if you want to go Google it. It's off his new album, um, Aurora. But I'm just going to play it as a little outro, and we're just going to have a little dance party as I record the rest of it because this song kind of did make me think of how I picture you. Taking names, 